This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Science Sensei of Exodus, Pesca Soul of Ultros, and Blaze Scorpio of Lamia. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. And by... In a world beset by monsters and tyranny, four brave girls struggle to make their mark on Eorzea, doing what they know best. Chloe. Oh my god. You would not believe what the Warrior of Light was wearing when he handed in his Wondrous Tales book. Chloe. Oh, I can like totally not believe that the little orphan hasn't even come back with my pudding yet. Like, oh, can you believe it? Sheely. What is this garbage? I specifically ordered my poached chocobo eggs from the Far East. I've had Far East chocobo eggs before and these taste nothing. Like Fari's chocobo eggs. If I don't get Fari's chocobo eggs poached well over easy, I'm going to flip out. Leia. Nobody even knows who I am. The smash hit reality television show, all about the Alipos, every Waters Day at 8 p.m. Gridania time. I wouldn't miss it for the calamity. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Episode 105. Thank you guys for joining us live here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Starts at 4 p.m. now. Hope you're joining us at the right time. If you're not joining us at the right time, it means that you're catching Final Encounter Cast Live. That's okay. We want you to do that. But you can find us now live here at the channel twitch.tv slash Final in- er, I'm sorry, twitch.tv slash <laughs> Limit Break Radio at 4 p.m. Uh, thanks for joining us all, let's see, 100 and 200, what is it, 100 and 168 of you joining us here right at the top of the program. Get your calls lined up. We want to hear from you. We've got Heaven's Word coming to an end. It's wrapping up. We're going to talk about some of the best things that Final Fantasy XIV has been able to accomplish some of its best narrative peaks, and hopefully we're going to get a couple of more with this story resolution here in uh, 3.56 that's supposed to be dropping in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, all right, we are down in Escalia. Escalia decided that he... He just buggered out. ...was tired of having people make fun of his rainbow-colored hair. He got offended and left. He got triggered and left. He got tumblered and left. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's kick it on. Let's complain about it. Let's kick it on over to the studios. And uh, here we go. If you want to join us in Eorzea, the Goblet Fifth Ward Plot 30 is how you can do that. That's on the Sargentana server. And uh, it's funny. We have a couple of concentrated trolls today. 
And uh, come on, you know, I mean, those aren't real trolls, though. The, the, those are like low quality the, trolls. Uh, and like, like, and but this is the thing, though, is that you know we've been telling our trolls to up their game, and they just get worse, and they get dumber. I'm, I was gonna say, I'm actually more offended by our listeners who are saying things like, "Oh, I bet that's Kahlo. Oh, I bet that's Juxta." Come on. Give us some credit. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. If we were going to do something as dumb as this, we would actually have some originari- originality and some flair to it. I mean, come on. And some penises. Do you have any idea how hard it would actually be to jerk off a Nero as he's running down the hall screaming? You have it's to keep, just not possible. You no, have to no, keep pace on. with me. You have to keep pace with me. Look, just, it's just, been it's been done. It's been done, but it required I don't believe that. it required a very complex series of pulleys, wires, and a skateboard. Why would you not just like grab onto his back and like piggyback jerk it? <laughs> See, we tried. <laughs> okay, see, 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 we tried. Why did that work? Well, we kind of tried that. It, it that's sort of like a like a like a sketching jerk, right? Like where okay. you kind of that's that's sort of it, the name of it comes from uh, skateboarding, where you would sketch on the back of a truck, right? Wait, like you would the, hold on to the back of a truck. The person who was doing it, like, were they too they big? Were on, no, no. But they were. We they tried to hold on to the back of me on a skateboard, <laughs> but it just it didn't you know, end up working. You know that's why you needed worked. the pulleys and, hold on. and what wires. What would have been a lot easier if you would have got like a midget or like a lala fell and you put him one of those baby straps yeah, baby on the backpack. front on the front but upside down that way they can reach it really easy like a baby bjorn yeah exactly okay That's right. so in the world of a 14 let's like a penny pack <laughs> like Nika, a penny pack Nico, we are having a discussion here that's very rude for you that, to interrupt yeah seriously just why would you just why? because you don't have a cock in real because, life. No, because I actually Kidding. like this game Obviously. and I want to talk about it. Penis, Let's talk about it, guys. Penis jealousy. That's what she has. Oh, penis envy. Yep, penis envy. There penis you go. jealousy. Penis <laughs> jealousy. I'm like, there's a word for this. Penis <laughs> jealousy. It's not the right word. <laughs> it's a word, though. It is. A, it, it means I mean, the same jealousy thing. Jealousy is a word, yes. Can you spell it? It's the same thing. Yeah, I can't. It's F U C K O F F N I K A. No, I T. Okay. <laughs> Can you spell it? I T. Oh my god. Ha, 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 ha. Hashtag that ha. joke. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us here today. Uh, None of this was funny at all. Sure wasn't. Uh, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, and I'm not sure why you would anymore, uh, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's available over on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, we also have a presence on YouTube where if you want to comment along with a whole bunch of jabbering jackholes, you can go over there and join them uh, in their big stupid circle jerk that they think is important. Uh, and also, I want to give some love to the Limit Break Radio subreddit. Uh, sla- uh, it's it's at our Limit Break Radio. Uh, I don't know if anyone's been doing anything there. I know that I haven't been paying attention to it, but it was started. It exists. It exists. It was started by a couple of fans. If it's a place that you want to go, go for it. Uh, again, this show is uh, supported by your support at patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. We thank you for your support. Uh, we, we, you know, we talked a, a, a lot about this on Final Encountercast, uh, but it's worth mentioning here that uh, we've been putting a lot of time and effort into our new show, Checkpoint Radio, which, by the way, the first piece of on-demand audio for that comes out tonight. So make sure you head on over to CheckpointRadio.com and uh, take a listen. The first piece of on-demand audio will be our first matchup in our high-score Hall of Fame game competition that we We've got running over there right now. We've taken some of the best video games, objectively the best video games ever made. We paired them down to 
eight matchups that we held on the show and then we asked you to decide round number two and for the final round matchup we'll be arguing who you ended up voting on uh, over at CheckpointRadio.com there are two matchups there you've got uh, our first matchup which is uh, Chrono Trigger versus Street Fighter 2 and then uh, our second matchup which is Castlevania Symphony of the Night <laughs> oh uh, yeah that game versus Metal Gear Solid versus Metal Gear Solid Solid. Two Konami games. That's the Konami bracket right now, mm-hmm. which I feel kind of dirty having an entire bracket yeah. devoted to Do Konami. Ya? Do you now? That realization just hit me. Anyway, uh, so if you want to if you want to get involved and check that out, that's over at CheckpointRadio.com. We've got some big announcements uh, about that show coming up in the future. And uh, I had actually said, you know, I had said once on on this show and I wanted to make sure that I, I said it on Limit Break Radio that, you know, we were working towards a, a pretty big deal uh, in, in terms of like a talent acquisition that would allow us to do uh, more stuff stuff and 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 operate a whole lot easier uh one of the pieces of talent acquisition that uh, we've been able to do we've we did it actually a couple of weeks ago and didn't even mention it but kooky kooky persona is now the executive producer of this show as well as finally countercast and so we want to thank kooky for all of her hard work pretty sure that means she has more power than us now Mm, no i'm not sure that that's true pretty close she probably should though <laughs> maybe she should maybe you're right but uh congratulations go out to kooky uh for her new role here on the show and you know i i, I did tease the talent acquisition and i i kind of wanted to to clear that up because some people thought that it meant we would be bringing more people on or some new voices on or possibly even replacing some people here on Juxta. limit break radio yeah and you're right to you're, you're right to think that i mean it, it would probably be really helpful to the flow of the entire show to replace someone like Juxta, but... I just love the number six for no reason! Well, there is a reason that we had to ask Ascalia to leave. It's because we can no longer sustain his presence and pay him for his presence here on Limit Break Radio, and so uh, he can only have a presence on one show. And if he's going to be on one show, he's going to be on Final Encounter Cast, so we had to ask him to leave. Because he does more work there. That is a total lie. Look, the talent acquisition that we're actually talking about is me. That's who we're talking about. What? What? I know. <laughs> we're not paying for you. Yeah. No, actually, you guys aren't paying for me. Somebody else would be paying for me to devote my full time to Checkpoint Radio and, by extension, Limit Break Radio, Game Streaming, Final Encounter Cast, and all of the stuff that we've been growing for 10 years. So this is a pretty huge opportunity for me, uh, financially, to be able to possibly take care of myself and devote more time to doing this, which I think is an amazing opportunity. And I have to thank all of you because your your donations over at patreon.com slash limit break radio enabled us to get to this point. You are enablers. It's pretty incredible. Now, one of the things that I also want to make clear is that once I start receiving what would be ostensibly kind of full-time compensation or something that approaches full-time compensation from this third party to be devoting more of my time here as well as our other properties, 
then that means that I would stop taking your money. I, and we could pay Skrull. I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, a really funny God. show. No. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> no. We're never going to pay Skrull. No, Come no, on. Yeah. Pull the other one. Uh, that I would stop. I would stop receiving. I would re- stop receiving any kind of personal compensation from the patron from Limit Break Radio. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing this gratis because obviously I would be compensated somewhere, uh, you know, through, by other means. But I think it's important to say to tell you guys uh, to tell the audience who has been, you know, our our most avid supporters and financially our supporters and has been attached to the product for uh, as long as any of us have been um, that that was a possibility. Um, so I can't, I can't say any more than that. Um, but it's, uh, it's pretty real. Like every time I hear more about it, it's like more, it's like more and more real. Does it actually feel real yet? It's, I think it's like when it will be most real for me is when I'm like, actually, I actually feel like I can play video games again because like the thing is, is, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks when this opportunity start you know has been starting to pop off for for me for us really yes the escalia leaving thing was a joke <laughs> yeah, don't get your panties in a twist don't get too excited it's a joke <laughs> uh but that you know when when this when this whole opportunity started popping off that um at the same time you know like literally at the same time uh, in the in the same time frame uh, you know, the, the amount of hours that I'm plugging in at my day job is just insane. I, I turned in a two week timesheet yesterday, a 14 day timesheet that had 78 hours on it. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to be doing both of these because honestly, you know, between Limit Break Radio, Final Encounter Cast and Checkpoint, that's a lot of work. There's a lot of work involved in that. And I'm just really fortunate that I've got a lot of, uh, you know, really great support staff that can step in and help us design forward, you know, forward moving uh, discussion topics that, you know, I don't need to design these anymore. I can kind of just come in and, and, and comment on them sometimes instead of having to be the driving force behind them. And I, I really appreciate that. You know, the, the people who work on this show as well as Checkpoint Radio are really smart, talented people. And, uh, you know, they, they're doing a phenomenal job of of pulling together uh, all of the content that we, you know, source and use throughout all of our shows. And, you know, at the same time, having to devote 78 hours to another organization that does something completely different that, you know, while it's while it's a nice challenge, while it's been a fun challenge for me professionally, I can't keep that pace up. Like Get I back ju- to work, slave. I can't. <laughs> I just can't keep that pace up. I, I I'm burning out very very quickly. And it's already added like ten years to him. You thought he had a face for radio before, <laughs> dude. I you know I thought I had a smoking problem before. You know what I mean? Like I picked the wrong day to stop huffing glue. <laughs> Okay, you know, like that's what it feels. There are days that's what it feels like. Like basically Thursday through through when I leave work on Friday. If I'm lucky, that's at like two o'clock. If I'm unlucky, it's seven o'clock, like it was this last week. Um, I've basically not slept since Wednesday night. Like that's that's pretty intense. I've had to do that now for three fucking weeks in a row, and it it wears on you. 
it wears on you trying to, you know, get like an hour and a half's worth of sleep or cram sleep in where you can. I've had to nap in my office because it's just it's been like that. The burnout has been huge. And the thing is, is that, you know, the 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 folks who are helping us produce Checkpoint recognize that being involved with the gaming community and just being connected to games and having the time to play games is an important thing. And so that's where a lot of that opportunity is being driven from. So again, I, I do want to reiterate, thank you guys for your support at patreon.com slash limit break radio. Keep up your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio, because while I might be drawing a fairly steady and acceptable paycheck from our, my work associated with this, the, uh, for other people besides myself who have been helping to support themselves through the hard work that they put in here at Limit Break Radio and over at Final Encounter and Checkpoint, that they are still supporting themselves and they are still being supported by your support over at Patreon. We need you. So, Juxta ser- needs his blow. So, seriously. No. Uh, you know, thank you for for as far as you've gotten us. We've got a little bit farther to go, um, but priority number one for me is to get you guys paid, is to get you guys taken care of, and to be able to devote more time, not just to FF14, not just to Limit Break Radio, but to games overall, as well as the other properties that we're making. So um, I want to thank you guys for you know your patience. Some of you guys have been less patient with me than other people. Oh my god, I can't believe that you're not logging in and pu- putting in as many hours as I think you should. Y'all can go fuck yourself for a while, but just as an explanation, that's what kind of time restraints I'm under. That's what I because because honestly, who wants to work nine and a half hours and then come home and do dungeon runs? Fucking no one. Fucking no one. And I mean, honestly, like if I had a day where I could just vote to playing whatever fucking. <laughs> I've explained enough, yeah. goddammit. Alright, let's check out what's going on in FF14 News. This is a limit breaking news update. So FF14's got a callback campaign going on. Bring friends back to Eorzea and receive golden chocobo feathers and other prizes. Basically all the same stuff you can get through recruit a friend anyhow. But we're recruiting a friend to come back this time. Yeah, that's that's what callback refers to, Nika. Congratulations. Which is, which is different from recruit a friend. You get a star. Hold, hold the phone, okay? Callback means if they unsubscribe, you can call them back yes. to the game. No, callback means yes. they audition and you want them to come for the next round. So Nika, shut up. I'm, I'm sorry I even defended you. But recruit a friend <laughs> means they can't have played the game ever. I did not say this was recruit a friend. I said it's the same rewards as recruit a friend. And why are you being shitty about it? Because it's Nika. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. All right. All right. Fuck you, Nika. Uh, patch okay. 3.56 is on the horizon, and with it comes the final chapter of Heaven's Word and the lead into Stormblood. Currently over at the Lodestone, you can get a patch 3.56 preview. Woo, picture. Two screenshots. Oh, Yita's going to punch someone. It's me. <laughs> what? So who... Alright, 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 alright. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being no hype, 10 being max hype, 
How hype are you guys about this? Nine. Really? Yeah, I love the story. That's the best part about this game is the story. And this is going to be the best patch of story since... I don't know. 2.55 because it's ending. Because it's ending. Well. Okay, so uh, again, you know, the plot points that have been set up, we've got um, the big egg that's forming over Balesar's wall. Excuse me, it's a fetus. Uh, And uh, ostensibly, what we're, what (laughs) at least I think we've been set up to think is that the Scions will be, might be utilizing at uh, the. well, well, I Omega? Guess, uh, yeah, Omega, but at the uh, at the suggestion Nero. of Nero, Nero. yes. Mm-hmm. Who we actually haven't seen come back yet, nope. right? No. Yeah. We only just saw him in that flash, or that like far away. just knows, it. yeah, it was that one scene. It's My, uh, the one scene in Corthus. No, he had a scene oh. in Corthus where he was, or not at Corthus, where sorry. Where he discovered it. Yeah. He in, has not uh, made an appearance to our character. Oh, Cardinal. right. right. There was Cardinal, a, a thank very you. brief, yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm personally saying, I'm like saying like a four or a five. Like, I'm excited to see a bunch of the new characters because we were promised to be introduced to a lot of people that we haven't seen yet. So I think we're going to get a huge influx of new characters. But I don't know. Other than that, like, like I'm excited, but I, I'm not I'm not really hyped for it. For some oh, reason. come on. This is going to be great. I think, I, I mean, finally getting to see Omega uh, pay off in some way is uh, is nice, even though we know it's going to be the subject of the entire raid, mm-hmm. so it's not going to be cleared up. This is really just a, kind of going to just advance the plot forward to whatever the next thing is going to be. No. And, I mean, I, I guess you're right. Like, my, my hype levels are not exactly what they were at the fair, end of though, A Realm Reborn. Your hype meter is broken. Uh, I don't know about broken. You can't get it up anymore. Is that not everyone's hype meter? It's not mine. Thanks, Nika. What's your You're hype welcome. at, Nika? Um, seven and a half. What were your guys's? Four or five. Meh. Mr. Daddy. He didn't even give it a number. I I hey, I, I, I don't even know. That's I don't even placid. know. It's uh. Olympic. So you're the on most a, on, a, on, a, on a scale of what to what? One to ten. One, One to, to ten. ten. I don't. Yeah, like a like maybe a six. Wow, you're actually a little more hyped than me. Yeah. Some fuel for the hype meter. Wow. Turn Justin. Wow. Some fuel for the hype meter. You need to turn Justin off now. Meter. Seriously, it, it, Justin is hard to fucking hear because he whispers. You need someone who. It was loud in my ears. You need you need someone who has a, a, a more present voice. Some oomph. Yeah. You're an oomph. A little bit, a little bit more gumption. Just what? The cut of his jib. You're as bad as, as Juxta is today. I'm Jesus. Sorry. I'll be better next time. No, you won't. No, you, be better, you won't. You'll be better next time. You fucking liar. Uh, anyway, so yeah, if you wanted to check out the preview of that, head on over to the Lodestone do to you, do so. Do you think it's going to be as epic as 2.55 or less hype? Because mm. I'm expecting it to be. Just as good as two point five. Oh my god! Oh my god! What? Oh no! (laughs) Based on what evidence? (gasps) I'm gonna be let down. You are. are. Oh, you so are. (laughs) Oh, you so are. The realization on his face. You poor, poor bastards. You son of a bitch. I just made him have that that turnover there. I think hearing himself say it. Yeah. When he realizes that nothing in this expansion has been as good as two point oh. 
Change the voice, please. It's ruining. I'm trying. I can't be funny and work at the same time. Okay. <laughs> what immersion? I think <laughs> this is a test. Bit alert. Oops, wrong button. That was me. Wow. <laughs> I was See, I can't. This is a test bit of it. So could you at least be funny then? I just was. No, you weren't. I was entertaining. Anyway. Anyway, shut the fuck up, you shit knocker. <laughs> there, you happy? And what was that? I don't know. What was that? I don't know. Anyway. That was an example of his stream of consciousness. There's just well, nothing there. Well, that, that was me working and trying to be funny at the same time. It doesn't work. It works even worse than what I am normally. Stop talking and work. Okay. All right, this next piece of news infuriates me so much. Okay, why don't you tell us about it, Okay, then? Alexander, the Quayator. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Basically, there was some glitch wherein, was it uh, Alexander 11, Savage Mode only, when some thing explodes or a mechanic ends, for some reason it played a Chocobo Quay. Hi, it's me again. You haven't left Nika's BDSM torture rape dungeon set Samurai seemed. However, Harambe stopped having his way with me and now I'm trying to escape. Wait for me, Nika. I'm coming for your flat ass. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right, mismatcher. By the way, the German accent is sort of like, like, Escalia never left. Yeah. yeah. Escalia is way better. I can actually understand what Escalia is saying. I didn't know what was going on there. Okay. Anyway. I, I understood it. It was something about Nika and Samurai. You were also close enough to read it. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's this, this little glitch, which apparently they fixed quick enough that not a lot of people got far enough to notice it anyhow. So, I guess they wanted to make an announcement about it. Okay. Why? Because it was funny. Why? Because the big cruise teacher saw a big laser beam and it blew up a thing. And then it was like, <laughs> it's so stupid. That's so funny. I don't know why they changed it. should have kept it. I feel like... Needing to Think make an announcement. How many chocobos would have died during Nika's progression? Needing to make an announcement about this is pretty much one giant metaphor for how they develop the game, as far as I'm concerned. This voice has an echo and can't be understood. Yeah, we know. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> do we have to explain it every episode? I think we do. I think we fucking do. The, the reason that the voice has the echo is so that it, it ends up saving me. A lot of a lot of post like work. Three hours of like post about work? three hours worth of uh, of editing work. Actually, it works exponentially because the more donations we get, the more work it is for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, on on donation, because the thing is, is that it's there's no way to not send it to the stream. There's no way to mute the volume mixer on that to not send the audio to the stream while I'm hosting the stream or else the donations won't display. And if he doesn't send, if Juxta doesn't send the audio to the recorder, then it creates like six hours of work for me. Man, I, I mean, like, and then Nero just bitches all the time in the host chat and, and we have to deal with it. And we don't honestly, deal with that. honestly, honestly, I've wanted to kill the donations during the show. That's how much work it creates for me. That's how much of a pain in the fucking ass it is for me. But I as love I've wanted, money. As, as I, I have straight up wanted to turn donations off because it's not worth it. So either, either you know, like, I, fuck it. Like, if we turn donations off, I don't give a fuck. Just deal with the echo. Stop complaining about fucking everything. Jesus. But I love money, so we have to keep donations. God damn it. Just the way that fu- that people complain 
is just so goddamn retarded all the time. Let's complain about it. Seriously. <laughs> so also in the news, we have uh, we have some details, actually quite a few details regarding the relocation of our North American server databases, data centers, data center servers. Yeah. <laughs> So apparently, a um, few things here that, that, that actually kind of surprised me uh, was this is the first time that for the first game they've had data centers located outside of Japan. And apparently they had also rushed getting these things set up in time for the relaunch of A Realm Reborn. That's why they say that, you know, sometimes North American servers seem to have more uh, hiccups and more congestion crashes compared to the Japanese data centers is because they actually kind of rush to set them up. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why they wanted to relocate it is it gives them more room to expand, you know, room to do all kinds of different stuff. It's actually one of the reasons that they're going to be able to give us, uh, you know, the increased inventory space, be able to put more art assets on, you know, in our field of vision and all that kind of stuff. And as to what we can expect when this happens is the game will be down for 48 hours for North American data centers for them to go through this move. And because they have to also reconnect to the European and Japanese data centers, they will be down for 24 hours. And as a result, everyone is going to get a 24-hour extension on their subscription for that month. What? But we're down for 48 hours. That's not fair. But we're getting new servers, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's the thing. Mm. I'm hoping that lag and stuff. It's been actually pretty bad. Whenever I do a Dunscape, I can't do an entire run without rubber banding ever. And that's one of the things that it's supposed to fix. Uh, they say that some players might notice minor changes in ping, depending on if the data centers are technically moving further away from you. But they said everyone should still be within like the 200 to 20 ping area, which should be sufficient for the game. Ugh. We will see. I love all these people in chat going, oh, well, I just won't donate anymore, so it won't be a problem. It won't annoy you. You didn't donate in the first place, jackhole. <laughs> donate in the first fucking place. Plus, it's not annoying us. It's annoying y'all with the echo. It's, an, it's just annoying me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, honestly, honestly, like, it. all it is is just irritating you guys. Like, why the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, like why? Why the why the fuck would we take that away? Like why the fuck would we stop it? Like why why? I'm trying to make life on me easier. I'm trying to make like producing the show easier, faster, so it gets to you guys quicker in a more reasonable fashion. Guys, it's a Nero. You know he just likes to be ugly about stuff, and it's fucking like he's an ugly person, motherfucker. Like Twitch and l- the live stream and YouTube, it's all secondary. The fucking point is the podcast is to be able to make the podcast. This I mean, is like not a game. This is war. Okay, tall guy. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Drop of the day. <laughs> now now everyone's too afraid to donate. Like, like, like you don't understand. Fucking donations are now going to... F- <laughs> See? Evil hippie. God damn it, evil hippie. I don't know what we're yelling about. Now, here's the other fucking thing that you guys don't appreciate is that all of the funny shit that we've been doing with the voices, the only reason that we can do that is so oh, it's echoing. You know, it's because it's going through the recorder. 
Exactly. If it I'm wasn't, buttered, oh, it's so terrible. It's even worse. You know what's funny? The last two donations haven't even fucking echoed, and you people weren't even smart enough to realize it, dummies. I'm coming! I'm coming! You fucking dummies! Why is it every time he uses the coming drops, he he actually acts like he's coming over there? You guys can't see that, but that's the thing that happens. That's true. That's true. Old War Do Goat asking, not? where are the new data servers? They said for security reasons they can't tell us. Uh, <laughs> but no. the, we know the other ones are in Canada. But, like, but rest assured, they will be on North American soil and in a place with advanced internet infrastructure. But that's what they said about the ones in Canada. I mean, they are on North American soil. Okay, and they where are in Canada, Nika? Advanced. Where in Canada? Um, where did they say? They actually did say what city they were in. Toronto? I can't remember what it is now. No, it's on, um, it's on the west Montreal. somewhere in Canada. Mo- I'm actually surprised that he knows three cities in Canada. Yeah, do <laughs> you too. not? Me too. Well, yeah, but you're an N- idiot. All right, name three cities I didn't just name. That would mean that I would have to know six. You Sask- know Windsor. Saskatchewan, Vancouver. Um, British Columbia. That's, Jesus Christ. I think that they have one of those, don't no. they? That's a Providence. You don't think that they have a British Columbia city <laughs> in British Columbia? <laughs> Just shut up. God damn it. Sloppy. It's a, a Michigan city. It's not in Michigan, though. You're the worst. So anyway, that's all of our news. All right. Well, thanks for that. I don't know why you picked up the news halfway through. I think it was because you were yelling. Because I was too busy yelling. You were yelling, and then you kind of like were coming off your yelling, but you weren't going into anything else. So I'm just like, oh, I'm going to grab it before he starts yelling again. And then you started yelling halfway through it anyway. (laughs) In any circumstance, you might have had a point. But you are a white maler under attack, so you better see hard, see hard, check your privilege. <laughs> Kappa. Oh, that voice has been Kappa. Kappa. Like, I understood the first half of that, then I feel like he started typing in a different language. When she got to attack, it just, she just kind of like skipped right over that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> it's funny because, you know, you if you if you explain what the joke is going to be for the whole show, like two episodes previous, like nobody understands what the joke is. No, I, I, I did it two episodes ago on this show. Did I not say, I'm going to spend an entire episode just being mean to people. And then you wait for an episode and then you start doing and it. And everyone's like, like so oh my mean. God. Why is he so mean? Why is he yelling at people for giving him money? Are you afraid to fight me? <laughs> <laughs> they are. It's Absolutely. Like, it's like this is the first time you've ever tuned into this show. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is. Welcome to the retard factory. We don't do, we don't do smart stuff here. That was not in the right language. That was actually. God damn you. That was actually in the wrong fucking language. Okay, blame Dora. Okay? No, I'm She's blame, Icelandic. I am. Why would you choose an Icelandic voice? You goddamn fucking idiot why not i wanted to see what they sound like because it's not even gonna read the right language <laughs> i have no idea what they're saying i can't read it from here no, i could understand that one that was like you know extreme it was weed. extreme super extreme extreme over the top oh my god very heavy asian accent there can we just go back to justin no, 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 absolutely not. No. You had your chance with Justin. Now you have to deal with Mitsurugi. <laughs> absolutely not. 
Oh my god, is that really the name of the the voice, Mitsurugi? I think it's like Mitsuki. Oh my god, awful. Uno vocare svere. As long as they are not going through the Transpacific Cables, do they love me? Echo, 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 Bob. Stuff some hardcore. I will change. You know what? You know what? Juxta, that that person gave us eighty dollars. Can you please do them the service of at least reading their message in the proper fucking language? Ero Islin de tuko veris raje boner. Raje I understood that one. <laughs> oh God damn! I I really hate this bet. I really hate this bet. Like Screw the, the rules, I have money. I I I, I just juxta. I have to tell you how much I hate this bet. Really? Because my my enjoyment of this bit is completely inverse to your. I know. Disgust I know. It. You know why? Because every time you leave here, you leave the PayPal window open. <laughs> And I'm like, do you oh, have to like wipe come off the monitor? Yes, <laughs> yes, he does. No, I don't. No, I don't because I just choose to leave it there. So well, that's fair too. Read that eighty dollar donation, please. Like me personally. Yes, you personally do something productive. Okay, hold on, it's loading. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, uh, let's see. The donation echo donated eighty dollars and eight cents. One who cares where, as long as they're not going through the Trans Pacific cables. Two, I love my echo, 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 boob. Okay, you guys notice how there's no echo on that thing anymore, right? It's because I just I, I was reading it. Just saying, people can't complain about a thing that's not there anymore. Wanna bet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, God so damn guys, Yoshi has done another by interview. The, by the way, give us a call. Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five. Limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. We want to hear from you. We, we are doing? the untrollable. <laughs> I like that. We are the untrollable. Here's the thing. All right. If you, like if the you're, untouchables. If you're, one, if you're wondering, if you're wondering why we're so loosey goosey with all of the fucking jokes today <laughs> is because. Uh, I love it. Cold ass honky. You cannot complain about whatever the fuck you want. Asaholu. <laughs> Can you please change that to a no. fucking no, that, actual that, language, that please? Is the, that is no, officially that was, that the Nika donation. That is that's the Nika what? Nika voice. It's actually labeled as Nika. No, but it's oh. it's a weeb voice. Oh, so fair, fair, fair. No, seri- seriously, change it to fu- <sighs> find English voices. That is English. It is not fucking English. It was English. No. It was with an accent. Yeah, it was accento. Find an American person. Not an okay. Uh, uh all right um anyway no but but the thing is is that like you know when you have a neuro is trump thinking that they're owning the chat room when the show starts like honestly you're gonna you're gonna put us on you know in a mood where we're gonna fuck with you now the entire show show you what it's really like i mean Instead honestly just repeating the same thing God damn it. It's not American. What? It's not, that was pretty it's nice not an American. Pretty suave. It was Italian. Gregorio. Did you not hear what I just fucking said? 
Well, I, I'm changing the bit donation. That was uh, a change a dollar by both donation. of them. Both of them. Both of them. They need to. If, if if we have a voice reading it on the fucking show, yes, it should at least be. In the language that all most of us are speaking. Well, everyone can understand it. It's just no, hard. No, not a single person can understand. If okay, you, pretend that Arthur's is on the call, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, shots <laughs> fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my gosh. That, 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 that was, was unnecessary. That oh, was, what? That wasn't mean. I'm just saying. Mean. I, okay, you guys are putting a negative connotation to it. I am saying that he has a very, very thick accent Arthur's, in American. You are invited cordially to come on the show and flame Juxta. We will even mute him so he can't say anything back to you. Juxta. Yep. <laughs> fucking put it in a fucking English. God damn that was, it. That was mute juxta for 500 ruples. I, he's he's <laughs> definitely muted. Absolutely. Yeah, they do look like ruples. <laughs> Rupees, whatever. <laughs> ruples. Uh, anyway, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, g- give it, uh, g- line your calls up. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. Limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. If these big bad trolls... <laughs> Are, are think that they're so fucking great then let's go one step further beyond the chat room where you're just typing lbr sucks lbr sucks lbr sucks and why don't you give us a fucking call why don't you actually put the effort in use your voice use your voice you know you fucking use your head form some jokes and give us a call limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord if you think you can hang motherfucker frozen chaos says what are the rules there are no rules there never have been ever yeah all right so uh, you can also call in are the, are the fucking voices english yet maybe are they sure if you want your voice if you want your microphone back then that has to be yes yes I don't believe you at all. Well, we're at a standoff, <laughs> aren't we? All right. Uh, a French Canadian standoff. <laughs> Look, guys, if you're upset that we're not talking more about Final Fantasy 14, <laughs> be more upset that there's not more to talk about. Mm-hmm. Something we're gonna do at the end of the show once we, if if we yeah. get through this interview, is we are going to uh, count down the 14 best moments of Final Fantasy 14. So as we're doing this interview, I want you to call in and tell us what is your favorite memory or moment from FF14. That can be something narratively, that can be something mechanically, something that was implemented, or something that you did with your friends. No ERP, please. Balmung, don't call. Yeah, we have fear from Balmung. We don't want to hear from you. <laughs> All right. So can we can we go on to this dual shocker interview, please, with Yoshida? Yeah. Okay, cool. I guess. Wait a minute. Okay, what? does anyone else, when they hear the, the name Dual Shocker, just think of like that? Fingering someone? No, that's just the shocker. <laughs> what if they're using two hands? <laughs> okay, then that would be the dual shocker. That would be the dual shocker. No, yeah, like uh, it, it is. It is kind of a weird, a weird name for your website. But I get what they're referring to—the dual shock controller. I. That's. Come on. Yeah. Come on. What do you mean? Come on. That's it. That. That's it. Yeah. That's what you think of? The, the DualShock controller? Yeah. I'd like to point out that since you hinged uh, the his getting the mic back based Still on donations, 
No one's donating. No one's donating. No one wants to risk it. They're like, oh, what if it's an American accent? Then then he's going to be back. (laughs) That's true. Oh, ooh. We've put Juxta in an interesting position. He's in a bit of a pickle, isn't he? He's in the pickle position. He needs someone. It's sort of like it's sort of like jinxing someone, and then you know, like someone has to say your name three times to get you to yeah. to allow you to talk again. And no one's gonna do it because you're an asshole. No, absolutely, yeah. no one is donating. You're right. You, no one is donating for fear that this it is bullshit. could be an American accent, and that we would have to unmute Chuckstar. Mm-hmm. We're not even deciding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not even you deciding said- the length of his mute anymore. You it's did- being decided by our chat room. Yeah, how's that for interactivity? I know, right? We're so good at this. I know. You said. Not an American voice, not an American accent. No, that's what uh, I. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. You may want to change. You may want to change your settings to be able to get out of uh, mute jail. <laughs> if, mute jail. See now, now you're at the mercy. You're at the absolute mercy of the chat room to get the permission to be unmuted. One of them actually has to give us fucking money for you. Hashtag on Mister that wasn't American. That wasn't American. What the fuck? But it was understandable. That's not. That's totally understandable. Doesn't matter. You never said an American accent. We never said that. an American voice. Who says that's an American voice with a British accent? What makes you think that? See again, but that's <laughs> it's it's distinctly British. It was I said American. Even if it's an American accent, keep him muted. Well, cold ass honky, you're right. See. That's just not even cool. <laughs> Look, we've set the rules, all right? This is on you. You and one donator. That's all you have to do. So, there let's go. get back to the uh, back to the interview. Bring back Juxta. God damn it. Wow. You have, no, you, you, have, you have no creativity in your bones whatsoever. Default? That's what you went with? Default? Really? Default. <laughs> Basic bitch what? Becky, that's what you went through. Yeah, exactly. The fuck? That's all there is. You want an American? There's no like other American voices. Uh, Justin, the you fucks. If it's not American, then mute him forva. <laughs> forva. Yeah. forva. Isn't Justin an American accent though? Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Nika. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, all right, let's talk about this. Uh... <laughs> all right, so Nika, the in the first question, they actually talk about changes that they're going to making be making to Paladin. Uh, oh, really? Yo- yeah, yeah. Y- Yoshi says that he's always envisioned Paladin as like the streamlined tank. So um, one of the things that they want to do in-, in making them feel more streamlined and more tank-like is increase their defense to both physical and magical damage. Good. Is that's it? Is that that's just it? Good. That's it. Good. Well, I don't know what that means. Like, increase it how? Increase it in what ways? Is right it now? What do you mean? Everyone. I mean, I think it's good for tanks to have different viabilities as well. And we know Dark Knight has the magic damage, or whatever. So, like, how are they going to do this? Like, that doesn't tell us enough information. Square Enix is the kings of vague booking, and this is what they're doing. Well, hold on. So, isn't the problem with Paladin that they don't deal enough damage though? Like, doesn't this not help you get out of your little rut? Yeah. It, you, it does. You guys, you guys already. Ways that it, I guess it depends. If they get rid of the stupid DPS checks and the way that, that mechanics work going forward and the raids, it won't matter. And if they also make Paladin's defense so much higher than the other tanks, which do 
DPS, then it, it'll like equal out. But I guess. they have the most damage mitigation tools out of any of the yeah, other tanks. Already, right? That, right, exactly. The and and uh, but it's not uh, enough to make it like worth it over the other ones. Well, but it, okay, fine. So uh, is this is what they're saying that they're going to make damage mitigation its specialty, and it's really like you're now going to feel it with Paladin moving forward, or are I mean, are they just not addressing the DPS problem? Yeah, I have no idea. That's why I'm less excited because I, I don't know. That's what I think. We'll just have to see. That's why I, I well, think I think they're just skirting the issue of DPS. If paladins take less and less damage, healers are healing less. They can DPS more. Hey, actually, yeah. that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Healers, you know that that's your role, right? You need to DPS. Well, but. But Yoshi P said that he doesn't like healers healing. Well, I don't like you talking. You mean he doesn't like healers DPSing? <laughs> healers DPSing. <laughs> you know what I meant, Nika. But Did you really have to bring the shoulder actually, grinding halt just for that? You actually said the exact opposite of the thing that you meant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was I mean, exactly completely opposite. She was I mean, totally I just had to right. Call it your dumbass. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was totally right to bring it to a grinding halt. You did that to yourself. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, owned. <laughs> Great. So I like that awkward silence in there. I just let that sit there. The uh, the topic once again of having a shortage yourself. of tanks and healers came up, and uh, Yoshi P. The, the way he got to answer this question was interesting and also hashtag meet Juxta for his dumbassery. Done. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. You guys are gonna have to help me parse out exactly what this said or what this means, okay? So he said that he doesn't want to force anyone to play tanks or healers, okay? But what they want to do is that they want to prepare more content that encourages players to play tanks and healers without forcing DPS to change to them. But then, if you want more people to play tanks and healers, who is not playing a tank or a healer that's not a what? Uh, what? We, that he makes said, no what, sense. What the fuck? We want to prepare more content that encourages tanks and healers, but we don't want to force DPS to switch their roles. Okay, okay, all right. So so they want tanks and healers that are just doing dungeon grinds to start raiding? Is so, that what he's wait, trying to say? I, I, hang on. Uh, what? He wants people, he wants to encourage people to do tank and healer roles. But he's not going to force you to do content <clears throat> right. by switching your class. Right, but, he but, wants to encourage it. But Juxta, this is where you're missing it. Because you can encourage people by adding those extra incentives like extra XP, extra gold, or gil, stuff like that. But what he says is he actually said we want to prepare content that encourages it. Right. That that okay. says something different to me. But, but the thing is, is that... Okay, you know Yoshi P is going to consider <laughs> that the call to arms to be content. Yeah, but the thing is, is that when your content is already structured around a every single party needing a tank and healer to be viable in your content, then like, what are you talking about? You're not, there isn't a situation where a tank and a healer aren't already like critical to every fucking party. They get the fastest cues. Like, what is he actually talking about? What is he actually talking about? Somebody explain this to me because this makes no fucking sense and in, it kind of incenses me. It kind of infuriates me because this is a horse shit answer. We're going to design content so that people will be more encouraged to play tanks and healers. Why? 
D- by giving an advantage to playing tanks and healers or giving an you, additional making reward? Making more people want to play tanks and healers would be giving us a new tank and healer job. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, isn't Just that saying. isn't that what the party in need feature already is? Except it, who needs gill or XP? That's what I'm talking about. Is that the rewards that they give out are useless. Like most of the rewards, most anything that they give out is useless. And, and the thing is, is that they make it that way. Like they've built their own economy on this. That there's only one tier of shit that's useful at all and that's what everyone is competing for and oh, guess what? It gets outclassed in two patches anyway. You don't need any money to invest anything long term because anyone who wanted a house already fucking has the thing you know what i mean like this doesn't make sense none of this makes sense this statement is infuriating and trying to unpack it is even more confusing it's my new favorite yoshi p quote (laughs) a few interesting stats apparently uh tanks comprise 22 percent of the player base and healers comprise 21 percent he said he'd like that to be around 25 percent each but he'll settle it's actually not that bad. Your sheep needs to lay off the hookers and blow. <laughs> Sounds more and more like his brain is dribbling out his ear. I don't, man, I don't Ouch. disagree, Mary. I don't, I don't know that I disagree. And of course, the lady in red was brought up, wanting to know when we will get answers. Now, when this interview was done, he said you will get your answers in two weeks. Uh, this interview, I think, came out a week ago, and uh, pretty sure what that means is we're going to get th- answers in the patch. I think they sa- already said that we're going to know who yeah, the lady is know. red by yeah. 3.55. So you got... 5.6. No, hell, as of listening to this on the podcast, you should know who the lady in red is. It's just you, though. <laughs> it's her sister. I, th- I think sister. I think, I think... It's literally you, though. Man, I, I don't know. I After all of this, like... Does anyone care? It just doesn't matter. It's the opening, and the opening doesn't connect to anything. So, if it's if it is a completely random character that we're being introduced to for the first time, I think I'm going to be exhausted by it. Oh, if it's gosh. a random character, it has to be connected to Eno or something, or no. otherwise it doesn't make sense. It's okay. If if it's connected to her in some way, maybe. But if it's just some completely random, out of the nowhere character, yeah, if they, if they pull dumb. a fucking arrow on us, I'm going to be so upset. So upset. Uh, it's yes. po- dude. It's possible. Like that is entirely possible. And mm-hmm. f- because of how much has been made about her identity since the the trailer has mm-hmm. come out, and how tight lipped Square Enix has been, if it has been, if that if that was ostensibly for no reason, or I bet uh, she's a dancer. Probably we use the Fantasia. <laughs> the only I think the only thing that might make it okay is if they go gotcha that's a red herring and then i'd just be like fuck you you ultimate troll square enix i don't even know anymore <laughs> red does that work in every language i so like I that know. actually um so the next question that was asked they want to know how big kugane is going to be in regards to ishgard <laughs> regards to ishgard uh they said that it is actually it's about the same size overall uh but whereas ishgard was two zones I mean, in regards to the stormblood areas not ishgard right no no they want to know how big kugane is going to be like the city is going to be in regards to the city oh, yeah, of okay. ishgard gotcha. and they said that it's about the same size but the difference is is kugane will be seamless so before you know you would uh, have to transition between like upper ishgard and, and the foundation kugane is just going to be one big zone uh they said there'll be no loading and specifically 
he likened this to ninjas and said you can also traverse the city on rooftops like ninjas and he encouraged this sort of travel. He says that uh, we should be surprised by how climbable the city zone is going to be. Hmm. And cons- since it is going to so be a city now it's zone, Breath of the Wild Final Fantasy fourteen edition. Since this is a city zone, you won't be able to be, have your flying mount around flying, so you actually want to be able to climb stuff, mm-hmm. which is nice. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how it's like a ninja, about except that ninja's really cool, awesome bomb move. You can't like use that to jump places. No, You'll that's just fall so on the ground. Stupid. That's yeah. The worst thing so ever. Stupid. Change that, Square Enix. Uh, so in in. Uh, in response to that, the question was asked that if uh, being able to make the city seamless wasn't somehow related to the fact that PS3 support was being dropped. And uh, I'm not sure how to think about this. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Nero will have his own opinions on it. Uh, but they said that the ability to have seamless transitions in cities has always been possible. They did not break the cities up into multiple zones due to technical limitations. This was a conscious decision so that they could include dynamic changes to the scenery. And I'm totally okay with that because let's be real. Does anyone remember 1.0 when everything was quote unquote seamless for like a month and it was the worst thing ever because there was so much lag? Okay, yeah, well, no, 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 that's no, you're a right. Problem with the way that they've done it because there are so many other games that do the seamless world with no problem. Well, I, I, yeah, I think they just don't understand how to do it correctly. Um, it may be an engine limitation. They said it, it wasn't. It, it was it, not a technical limitation. N- uh, well, n- I'm sorry, a server structure limitation because that I think was really where they were ran into a lot of problems was creating a unified zone and a server architecture that was able to move throughout zone you know like if you do a seamless zone right it's still a bunch of server zones mm-hmm. you're just changing the load times in between the 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 way that they're threaded together it might not be fair to compare it to 1.0 because 1.0 wasn't yoshi so maybe with 2.0 he would have had the choice to make them seamless without you know, whatever 1.0 did, but okay. still decided let's, not let me, to. Let me, let, me, let me use an example, mm-hmm. okay? In 1.0, you had sections of the map that you would go between where the map would get very, very small, and there would be one funneled point that you would have to, that you would have to use to go between, even if you had a wide, expansive zone like Ulda. Mm-hmm. Ulda, uh, if you remembered, if you went to the west, there was this big ramp that you had to go down, and then it went through this like sort of valley thing, and then this the next part part of the zone came out and it was very expansive that's one of the ways that um you can design your map structure so that you're hiding the transition between servers uh in a seamless way it didn't work for 1.0 for a lot of reasons but then again like I think that when they moved away from it, it, it it was to their benefit, right? Like, I don't think you absolutely need a seamless world. You can go with the zone structure and have that work. One of my uh, only memories of 1.0 was in Limsa Lamensa trying to get out into the field, and I was just running across the bridge for literally like three or four minutes, and it was like the worst thing ever. And that's, and honestly, the reason that they did that was to hide the transition from one server to the other, and it's also unpopulated. Like, in those in those bottleneck areas, you don't find many mobs. Nothing's going on in there. It's because if there was, then the, uh, the server would have to be sending data in that zone instead of using it as like a data dead point as a buffer between the two. 
I, I prefer seamless to me or, or zone to zone. I, I do too. Not just for the stability factor, but I think that it it lends a little bit better to the way that Square Enix designs games overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, in relation to the PS3 being dropped, they asked about you know what types of upgrades can we be looking forward to if they're going to be graphical in nature. And uh, Yoshi says that with the uh, PS3 being dropped and the new hardware, they're not looking to really upgrade any graphics. What they'd like to do with the new hardware uh, upgrades. Bring back the shroud. No. Is they just want to be able to put more assets on screen at the same time. Yeah, and and I think that that makes sense. That's a I think that's a better use of your time and mm-hmm. a better use of your development staff than going through and retexturing things yeah. and retouching models and stuff like that. It's, Fucking don't waste your time on that. Especially if you're going to have like a giant campaign slash besieged type event, you're <laughs> going to need no, don't, assets. No, um, there's no way that that's happening. Uh, they also said that another improvement will be faster travel on the map. I'm not really sure what that means. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, they also said other various fast, upgrades. Fast travel. Increased movement speed. I don't know. Fast travel in MMOs is something that I'm also kind of inherently no, skeptical no, no. of. Faster travel, not fast travel. Right. I mean, we technically have fast travel. With by the just, teleports. With the teleports. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the, that's to, why I'm like, I'm not I mean, really sure what that means. On, on, I'm just trying increased to extrapolate. Increased movement speed. I, I'm trying to extrapolate. Mm-hmm. Well, what? Increased mount speed too? Like, I, it just doesn't make sense. I don't yes, because if we get an... <clears throat> If we can get a faster mount movement speed, we can finally get Cloud's motorcycle back in the game. Because that's the reason they took it out. It's because it just didn't look like it moved fast. Was enough. Cloud's motorcycle in the game? I think it's yes. a, I think it's something that they wanted to add as a mount. The art, they made the art asset in Final Fantasy XIV, but Yoshi P said they can't add it to the game because the immersion was ruined because it didn't look like it was going fast enough. Huh. Do you guys not remember that? Uh, no, no. I, I definitely remember that. Okay, thank I, you. I Manu. don't. Ah, Dual Shockers also asked about a potential Final Fantasy 15 crossover. Stop. Oh or, no, I mean, it, it should have happened already, personally, I think. But Or a crossover with Nier Automata. Um, I don't think it's going to happen at all, because they said that, first of all, they're too busy focused on 4.0 to even consider a Final Fantasy 15 crossover. They then went into detail and said that crossovers usually take about a year and a half to plan, it takes what? about a, it takes about a year to get the art assets created, and then another like half a year to basically go through all like the legal mumbo jumbo and stuff like that. Uh, they said that if anything happens in this department, they will let the players know ahead of time. I'm kind of okay. It, it with It took this. a year and a half for them to do three fates for lightning. Like, let's be real. I don't believe that. That's Nika's <laughs> new phrase. Is let's be real. I don't know. Oh, maybe. But the the art stuff. Okay, I understand trying to get all the different art assets and stuff. But like a year and a half for three fates. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it does sort of seem like with all of the different crossover events that it shouldn't that shouldn't take a year and a half's worth of development. If it is, you're not setting your development up to be modular enough to, right. to, to account for things like this. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, they're not concerned with old housing areas being emptied with the whole, you know, uh, uh, addition of free companies being able to move to the Kagani areas. He basically just straight up was like, nah. Supply the 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 law of supply and demand. Now the thing is, is that if server populations keep struggling, then I think they will have problems moving fresh mm-hmm. plots of land. But I don't I don't know. I don't. Yeah, there's always people waiting happening. to scoop those up. I mean, heck, we have a ward on our server. Last I checked, and this was last year, half of it was owned by the same three people. Yeah. It's like they wanted to have their entire own ward. Uh, Juxta really liked it because they really liked using their cherry blossom tree. Oh, God damn it. So weeb. 
Uh, when asked about the main scenario quest at launch compared to Heaven's Ward, Yoshi said that Stormblood would not be shorter than Heaven's Ward. He also said that there are more voice acted scenes, so it's probably going to be longer. Uh, on a personal note, I'm actually really looking forward to someone parsing this out, like to actually see how long it takes to like watch through all of the content on both of them. Because if Stormblood comes up the same or shorter than Heaven's Ward, ho ho, Heaven's Ward help them. I think it is. I mean, I think that we have to set our expectations a little bit lower than where they're at. Like, oh, they're I, I mean, so low though. Two, well, but I think that they're higher than where they necessarily should be because two point five. You know, the end of two point five was so strong, and I think that some people are expecting that same kind of compelling narrative pull, and I'm just not sure that it's going to exist here. I mean, we're being set up for a very, very different narrative than we were being set up for with Heaven's yes. War. That's true. That's true. They were also asked about Return to Ivalice. They wanted to know if this was just an homage or if we will actually be going to Ivalice. Uh, Yoshi said that that's part of the mystery. Fuck you. God damn it. But said you should brush up on your Final Fantasy Tactics lore. <laughs> so it's like, saying, oh, I can't answer that. But wink, wink, wink. I like this. This is N- so and Nero. And Nero. <laughs> Look at him. This is so stupid. I really wish I could hey, take a hey, picture hey, of him hey, right hey, now. Hey, <laughs> so stupid. Hey, hey, a Nero. Hey, what, Daddy? Are you gonna you gonna play some Final Fantasy Tactics? I absolutely am not. But if, you gotta know for the lower. Of I don't give a fuck. If they, if they gives us give us Ramza or Delita cosplay, will you glamour it? Nope. Oh, butt pants. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics joke. You won't understand it. I hope we get to fight Dice and Dark's elder brother. Another Final Fantasy Tactics joke. You won't understand it. <laughs> I fucking hate that game. I hate that game. Is it because I, you start I, off I, with little money? What the fuck was that? Final Fantasy Tactics joke. You won't understand it. What? Look, oh, this is my I favorite played game. it. I should understand, and I don't. <laughs> it's so good. Look, look. Here's the thing. Okay, so I, I, the fact that he won't answer whether or not it actually takes place in Evilies. Blame yourself or God. I. He probably doesn't even know. Like I'm so con- I'm so confused. I'm so con- when you have so much of so confused. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Yes. Look, when you have so much of this, uh, of of Eorzea's map, of, of Heidelin's map that is unexplored, why would you take us to somewhere else? Or, I mean, it's, it's like one of two things. Either we are actually going to Evely, so we're going off where we're going to another world entirely through some, I don't know, a, you know, fucking Stargate portal that exists somewhere that we don't know about yet. If it's actually the Stargate, though, that'd be pretty sweet. Okay, now hold on. There is precedence for uh, people coming into the Final Fantasy Tactics world by use of teleporters, uh, as evidenced by Cloud coming to Evilis through the, Masta- the portal that Mustadio unearths. Okay, that's fine. I don't give a shit because so we're really going Evilis because I really don't want the setting to be Evilis. I oh, I'm really, so really know it's Final Fantasy Tactics. Well, it was always Final, uh, Final oh. Fantasy Tactics was always evilly dumb shit. But yeah, they could but have used FF12 yes. instead. Yes. I really wanted to see Vaughn. Uh, I mean, 
was I mean I thought I thought it was a foregone conclusion that this was supposed to be more of a reference to tactics than twelve. Okay, no, it wasn't. But looking back. I think you're right because Yoship has said that his favorite character of yeah. all time was Mustadio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So many of the previous hints and so many other things are are referential to tactics, it's because- including the Zodiac Braves quest line. I mean, come on. There's there's a lot mm, yeah. that that lines up with Evilies. So, or at least that's that section of Evilies. So, I mean, like. I, Either Ivelisse plays some larger role in Heidelin and Eorzea, which I personally, if there was any hope that I had for this, that would be it, is that we get some kind of revelation that Ivelisse is not... It, it is not actually off in another dimension or off world it's somewhere. Part of Heidelin? That that yeah. That might actually be kind of cool. Might actually be that really would, interesting. That would, that, oh my god, that would blow like lore people's minds so hard. Yeah. So if it was just like another continent on Heidelin, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I feel like it <clears throat> kind of has to be like another shard. I think. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, it easily can be. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what I'm expecting. That's the most like, yeah. That's the that's the most blatant read of it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know, man. I, I I I if if it's just you're going to Evilies, I'm going to be kind of disappointed. I'm Even if I, I mean, if it's if it's tactics or twelve or vagrant story, anyway, you know, I want more of Heidelin. I want so more Evelise. If Evelise actually expands on Heidelin, you're cool with it. But if it's just something like, hey, we're going through a portal for a second, it's stupid. Because what? What it's lazy that? What? Way. What? FF fourteen lore does that add? It doesn't. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Other than oh, teleportation to other shards exists, which we already know. Right, because we have Warriors of Darkness. Others, don't you want to explore no. those other Yeah, no. by playing Final Fantasy Tactics or FF12, not sure. Final Fantasy fourteen. Because I think that's the implication, is the, like sort of the larger implication is that and each if shard gonna, is a different game. And if you were going to do this with any game, it's FF14, the theme park MMO. So you have the perfect opportunity and reasoning to make Evilis part of Heidelin. I, I mean, if they're able to shoehorn the goddamn Crystal Tower into Eorzea, why not this too yeah yeah i well. think that's fair yeah mm-hmm. i love tactics <laughs> <laughs> so we know that samurai was the first job that was decided for Stormblood. right from the very beginning they knew they wanted to add samurai um and so they they asked how red mage came to be and they said that red mage was kind of like a similar thing they knew they wanted to use it but how the challenge was what they wanted to make Red Mage think or, or be. So I'm just going to read uh, the actual quote from Yoshi. He said, when we were looking at it from a game design perspective, we wanted to introduce a long range magic DPS. And it was more about determining whether if Red Mage fit into that perspective would meet people's expectations or not. They've waited a long time for Red Mage to be included. That's the part that took the most time. It wasn't about choosing which job it would be. It was more about how do we make Red Mage fit into the world of Final Fantasy XIV. Of course, there were other jobs considered. When thinking of magic, you might think of Time Mage, which could have been a good candidate. But of course, there was a very high demand for Red Mage. So we thought long and hard on how to present Red Mage in FF14 and how to get people to feel that it's the Red Mage they were expecting. So what I took from that, what I thought was very cool was they knew they kind of knew they wanted it to be Red Mage and designed the job around that rather than designing a job okay. and slapping a label on it. Yeah. Well, but when when the underpinnings of that job are, uh, you know, kind of 
virtually interchangeable with the underpinnings of other jobs like it does feel like a little bit of a copy paste job between even job you know what i mean like Mm. it's hard it's hard for you know like you know it's hard for the for square enix development team to design a new tank that doesn't feel like the three tanks oh yeah no definitely okay yes but these are caster dps and black mage and summoner play pretty differently from one another so i'm actually a little bit more hopeful that red mage will play more like a different separate job more opposed to a melee or a tank or even a healer i think it's easier to do that with a dps than it is a healer or a tank yeah i think but you still kind of have that trappings because like ninja and uh monk have can we talking about the chances they do Sam slash RDM justice after seeing how MCH slash DRK slash ASD were at launch? Good question. We'll get to that in a yeah, second. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so there are similarities between playing Monk and Ninja. Yes, there's still different jobs, Nika, before you jump in here. But there are still, you know, parts of them that feel very similar. Mm-hmm. So I think you're most gonna, physical. You're get I think a lot that. of physical DPSs end up feeling very similar, much in when, the same way that tanks end up feeling very which similar. Which is exactly my point, because Black Mage and Summoner don't feel similar, besides standing there and being a turret. How much of that has to do with the pet? Zero. None. <laughs> Zero. Right. The, the I, I don't know. Just, I don't play either one of those jobs. So. The summoner pet is literally just a DOT that you can move around. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, going back to cold ass honky's point, um, how much hope do you have that these two jobs are going to hold up with the other jobs at launch of uh, 4.0? Because at the launch of 3.0, it is, it, you know, Honky made a great point that Machinist, Astrologian, and Dark Knight lagged pretty far behind in terms of capabilities, but they had the enthusiasm to back it up. So, you know, like... Those three jobs, I think, would have been critically underplayed if it wasn't just for the raw enthusiasm for it. And it took, I mean, hell, it took until, what was it, 3.3 for, for Quite Astrologians to even be I, usable? Yeah. I, I think that Sam and Red Mage aren't going to have, they're not going to be under as much scrutiny as what Dark and Astrologian is, because a tank and a healer, like, Usually in, in smaller parties, you only have one of them. And if either one of those two components are lagging in your group, you're going to you fucking feel. notice the difference, yeah. right? Like, like it's hard as DPS to make up for a bad tank or a bad healer. Now, Machinist was obviously pretty terrible too, but Machinist also kind of, they tried to have it fill this role where it was also kind of supporty. And I feel like that's the reason it didn't have big DPS numbers is because they're like, oh, well, it can also do support level stuff too. That and their rotation is really, really unintuitive. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's a, I think it's a coin flip. Um, I think that more than anything, what Samurai is going to suffer from is, you know, people... Melee DPS syndrome, <laughs> one, two, three. No, well, you know, what people remember of Samurai from 11 is pretty epic stuff. You That's know I mean? true. I mean, we've yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about this before. In 11, you have, like, this Shogun armored Samurai awesome thing, and you have this weeby Naruto-looking guy in from, a bathrobe, in a bathrobe <laughs> being a hobo, being a hobo, <laughs> and damaging property. Well, yeah. and 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 there's there's the other elephant in the room that uh, that that we're not talking about. And no, I'm not just talking about Juxta. Who can be mistaken? The sarcasm. Who can be mistaken with an elephant? But uh, that he's fat. Get him. <laughs> In this world, I'm a Mikotan. I'm slender, and I'm thin, and I am pretty. Keep telling yourself that. 
Yeah, Ouch, trigger okay. trigger warning. Um, th- that uh, there is this whole battle system redesign that's coming with uh, with four So we did not get that in between two and three There were no major system side adjustments that came with the combat system. We had we knew that the level cap was increasing and that we would be getting new additional abilities and that our rotations would be changing. But we did not have a fundamental shift in the way that the combat mm. operates and in this game. So I think that that, <laughs> that that provides as much opportunity for these new jobs to be good and for existing jobs to to become bad under this new system because you know, who knows how much changes. You are exactly right. Uh, it, when I played World of Warcraft, it was very, very common for jobs or the battle system to undergo massive changes between uh, expansions. So I've seen stuff like that happen a lot. And let me tell you, it's one thing, right, for a new job to come out and, like, Nika, you know, complaining, oh, Sam's so bad, right? But that is going to be so overshadowed if any of the new, any of the uh, pre-existing jobs, like, let's say Monk, that, that's usually pretty high on top, one of the better DPSs, right, Nika? Yeah, just not used in the meta because it can't buff okay, other sure. DPSs. But com- in terms of raw numbers, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so if it comes out the other side and they mess something up and now it's, like, bottom tier with no team synergy... Oh man! Oh yeah! Oh, you're gonna feel that. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I don't. I don't have high hopes for Red Mage or a Samurai being like what we want right out of the gate at all. I mean, there's obviously they're gonna have to retune it, blah blah blah. But you're right with Ninja the Ninja was the, what I wanted right out, right out the gate. Well, that's different because Ninja's it? the best. But, the, but then again, there was so much Mudra lag right out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, there, there, every there was, job. There was a lot. Okay, but okay, yes, but bads wouldn't notice it because there's no parser. Every job. Shut up. <laughs> but you could feel it because you could tell when everyone had a bunny on their head every 30 seconds. Like, come on. Well, that, that was just bad players that didn't account for the lag. Just because just because people weren't giving you parsing numbers or you didn't have a parser, parser doesn't mean that no one had a parser. Second, oh, trust me, I parsed uh, Kyle over there. He's terrible. Second of uh-huh. all, second of all uh, that, uh, you know, that, that yeah, that's a good point that. Every job does take a little bit of development before it settles in. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some adjustment. But it's he gonna- is right in the fact that I think that if a, a pre like a current job is made worse under the next think about what happened and the with battles black are reworked, mages. that's going to be much bigger discussion and drama and explosions than the new jobs. Yeah, like, sure. Like imagine what happened with black mages in this last uh, uh, expansion. Now, granted, you know they're not terrible, and as long as you're good, you can keep playing them. But if they would have been harder to play. yeah, if they would have been bad as well like like you couldn't get those numbers and they were difficult to play right it would have been so much worse no i totally i totally agree with you and i think that there's a bit of an expectation for new jobs to come in underpowered i think that that that's the safer play for a, a developer to make than some than two new jobs coming in and overpowering and overshadowing all of everything else that was there and you know potentially alienating your longer term player base so i think that it's kind of natural for some of these jobs to start off very underpowered and get slowly and incrementally adjust, uh, adjusted over time mm-hmm. things like astrologian or like machinist that didn't start off very good but as the patches progressed, they got better and better and better. And now there I wouldn't say that, you know, they they outclass, but I mean, they do. They they've got their own role within the meta. Yeah. And so, you know, 
And I'm not saying that because I, I I saw somebody saying that the, I'm putting too much emphasis on the uh, UI or the battle redesign. And I'm not saying that it's going to be great. I'm not saying that the battle re- redesign is going to be awesome. What I'm saying is that we don't know what the battle redesign is going to bring with it. What it actually entails. What it actually is. And until any of us play it, none of us can really even give that much of an opinion mm-hmm. about whether or, new, uh, whether or not these new jobs are going to be overpowered or underpowered on, uh, right out of the gate because there's as much potential for Square Enix to mess up or or nerf any of the existing jobs as there is for any of the new jobs to come in over or underpowered. I mean, there's just there's a whole lot of unknowns in this. No one has even seen a screenshot of what these quote unquote new UIs look like. We all we know is that they're just unlocking more UI elements to be putting on the screen. And again, I'm going to go back to that answer they gave. I'm glad that they're taking the increased RAM and the increased, uh, you know, the the increased specs, the 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 minor, t- uh, you know, the the uh, lowest possible specs, and pushing them up and doing more with what they're asking from the technical capabilities of the hardware that they're on. But with that, you know, like. What what is going to be the reality of interacting with that? Like, are is it going to feel like, you know, there's too many HUD elements? That's even a possibility. We don't. We just don't oh, know. <laughs> we just fucking don't know. They want to reduce the number of buttons, and they somehow add more UI elements. Oh, Square Enix. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, FF14 <clears throat> does have a bit of Wow syndrome where there's just there's a lot of UI going on on the screen. Mm-hmm. And if they want to, you know, utilize that more or try to challenge their players more, uh, you know, I, it's it, it. We just don't know what they're thinking. We yeah, don't no, know what they're true. planning. It's very true. <clears throat> when asked about the possibility of using front lines in Stormblood to tie into the themes of liberation and large scale battles, Yoship said no. Oh, flat, Aww. full stop. No. He said there are too well, many. Well, that was dumb. He said there are too many people against the idea of PvP crossing over with other content. That uh, we see, he said, he said there's been huge backlash because of the whole Garo event. There are some oh people who God. are just flat out refusing to do PvP in protest of Garo. Uh, even in, though, wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait, beep, beep, back the truck up. Someone needs to explain this to me. Explain okay. it, Kahlo. Someone, no, someone needs to explain to me why you would boycott. The boycott PvP overall because of the Garo event. I don't. Oh, maybe PvPers hate Garo because bring bads into PvP, and so, so PvPers are boycotting. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The six of you that are fucking win trading over and over again. Uh, yes. Has this has this has this messed up your little environment that you had for yourselves? You cheating little cunts. Well, yeah. Doy. Ah, I'm sorry. I feel so bad for you, you whiny little babies. Yeah, Juxta. we're a pretty competitive bunch. Juxta did that once upon a time. I'm just I, nothing. I, I, <laughs> honestly, honestly, if it's not in the feast, you know, you you don't get. What does it fucking matter? PvP really blew up in Square Enix's face this this expansion I know, we cycle. We thought they had it right too, man, I, and we thought that they were making we were make, that they were making strides in the right direction. I mean, dude, no one has been happy with this. I, I, I and I, someone call in, someone call in and fucking explain the Garo thing to me. Yeah. Uh, Yoshi P did say that he actually does like the idea of using front lines to tie into like liberation and battles and stuff like oh, that. Oh well, uh, great, that's comforting. 
I'm glad we'll get that then. Well, why can't they use the same kind of mechanics, but then have a full group of people fighting enemies? Not like, like almost like dynamics, but a little bit more using the mechanics and stuff of the front lines. I think they could do something with what they already have in place in the game if they just think outside the box. Oh, but thinking outside the box has dangerous territory, Nika. I, I look front lines. Yeah, I, I still think that front lines is a really well done PVP event. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there have been a whole lot of a whole lot of dumb reasons that people have stopped doing it. And and I also think that, but I think that there are perfectly valid reasons that people have stopped doing it as well. When you're not on your tome grind, doing the PVP roulette is less of a priority, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you needed something to be able to bring people back to PVP or else. And anyone trying to queue for PvP had endless fucking queue times. So all of these whiny little babies going, oh, I don't like Garo because it brings bad to PvP. Go fuck yourself. It's so dumb. You just you you know what you should be grateful for? You should be grateful that people are queuing for it yeah, and that you're not waiting an exactly, hour and a half. Those same people were bitching that nobody was doing it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And that's stupid. You're arguing. You're arguing for like what are you? What's the point of what you're trying PvP to fucking? PVP rights activists are terrible people. That's what we're saying. I, it, it, Fuck PVPers. It's it, this is a really dumb argument. Yeah. Yeah. Square Enix was right for putting Garo where they. did it was smart where they put it they needed to funnel people back into pvp and it was smart they got rid of the chat and god no (laughs) oh that that was not a smart idea but you know like the the cheaters that exist in the feast square enix has got to do got to address that in some meaningful way and this other stupid bullshit of like oh i don't think pvp could garo people like oh my god oh my garo Ugh. Get it? Ugh. No. You're the worst. Garo sounds like God. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I get it, but just no. They, uh, they also asked no. Yoship about what he sees in his future, or if he could choose what he would want to do in his future. Would he continue to work on Final Fantasy XIV? Is there some other project that he likes? It's kind of sad, because the first thing out of his mouth was that I don't get to make those decisions. I have to go where the company tells me to go. <laughs> uh, he said, however, Aww. he Poor would honey. like to continue to work on FF14. And basically, wherever there's demand for him, he'd like to go. Uh, you know, if if the media or you know gamers wanted him to do a new project, he'd love to do a new project. Um, and he's like, since I'm not dying anytime soon, he's like, really, anything's a possibility. Wow, pretty confident there, Yoshi P. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see how Red Mage turns out and see if you're not dying anytime soon. <laughs> wow, that Ooh. was a thinly veiled threat. That's that's dark. Um, it was. No, I wasn't trying to make it thinly veiled. Uh, anyway. I, I man, I, 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 it's hard to imagine Yoshi P doing anything except working on FF14. Right. But there's a there's a lot of people who are saying that he doesn't know what he's doing anymore. And, and actually, you know what? I, I, would I like, hate to I hate to bring this up. But I would there's a like, lot of people. I would like to see him work on something else, just so that we can see. Like, is FF14? You know, was this like was this actually him doing good and then just being like locked into a position by Square Enix? You know, don't fuck this up now. You made it right. Don't fuck it up now. Or if you moved him to a new project would we see like similar trends that we see in ff14 or if he was given more room to grow somewhere else would we see you know more inventive and out-of-the-box ideas i don't know i I mean the thing is is that previous to ff14 i'm not i'm not familiar enough with his work to be able to to tell you what you could expect from the man yeah um don't change horses mid race i i i don't know i i it's weird because i 
I still like Yoshi P a lot as a person, as a developer, as a lead developer. I think as a man. He, as a, I think he's a smart guy. As a sheep. As a lover. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Um, That's what I was going for, too. But the thing is, though, is that I don't think that the people who are saying that he may be a one-trick pony, I, they may not be in, uh, entirely wrong. The problem is we don't know if he's actually a one-trick pony or if he's not if he's just not being allowed enough freedom to change it up more yeah that's part of the problem and and another part of the problem is is that you know you you don't know until you make a decision like that like you you i'm sure that for square enix removing tanaka from the project and putting yoshi p on was a very difficult decision Mm -hmm. and whoever you know if yoshi p was ever to step back or to not be the lead director for ff14 and they were to try to find somebody else those are big shoes to well, I think just based on what he said in a quote where he's like, I don't get to make those kinds of decisions. I think that that says that he's he's obviously beholden to people above him. Like, yeah, he's the lead developer, but he still has bosses to answer through answer to, you know, changes that he wants to make to the game. I don't think he gets final say on that goes to a board someplace. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know because uh, I mean, I'm sure that some of the big decisions are made by committee, but I think for the most part that, yeah, he is kind of left to his own devices and, you know, given, given it looks like we're working into the same content pattern for Stormblood that we had in heaven's word, the, the line of logic that some people have is, you know, and they're rightfully frustrated by the treadmill. They're rightfully frustrated by the monotony of the way that the content is presented that they're frustrated in saying look yoshi p is not the right guy we need a fresh perspective to come in and to you know and to to give some new marching orders from the top to mix things up stick yeah. your dick in it and waggle it around i don't i don't know how much i agree with that like i don't know how much of that is necessary like rings true for me but i do i do think that there is some kind of wisdom to the idea of getting fresh blood in i understand that that makes for a whole lot of production uh, you know production uh uh problems mm-hmm. and uh and and concerns and but at the same time like there I, I would hate to hear a growing course chorus of voices for we want Yoshi P out I like know. Yoshi P is so beloved to this community that I think I, I mean if he takes off when he takes off or when the players have decided that you know their honeymoon with Yoshi P is over it's gonna be bad like that's not gonna be a good situation a lot of I mean a lot of people are going to feel you know very very emotional about that yeah. you know we want to knock back Uh, They asked him if he had a final message to the players, and he said, quote, At FanFest in Frankfurt, we were able to communicate the largest key points of the expansion. Oh, that, oh, that, okay. But there is a lot of information that hasn't been shared yet, including the battle updates, the new actions that the current jobs will learn, changes to PvP, system changes. There are many details that are yet to be revealed. We're going to plan a media tour and letter from the producer live broadcast to share that information with our players. Nothing we didn't know. Yeah, uh, there was also um, Kuki found a uh, a Reddit post that had uh, a bunch be- of translated info. Before we get to that, before we get to that, let's go to our phone oh, lines. Phone line. Let's go to our phone lines and talk to Yam Hawk. What's up, Yam? Hello. Go. Uh, I was calling fuck yourself. Because- what? What do you want? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, 
wow, that felt good. <laughs> Whatever you bitch. Um. <laughs> what's up? Uh, uh, um, I was calling about the Garo of it. Yeah, what's um, up? For, like, uh, from a different point of view, I think it is the fact that there is a different, the mounts that come with it, there's a different mount for each one of the PvP aspects. There's one for, in general, there's one for, there's one that's a 60 win, and then there's one for, like, 10 or 30 feast wins. And I think what the main problem is with the feast, the, um, the guys who PvP all the time are kind of upset that they can't teach the newcomers in when they get pip, when they get pugged with them, and that causes all this friction. So, because of what the the lack of the chat feature that they can't yeah, because, they can't coordinate. They, so it's basically it's like if if you and I got paired up in PvP and you were an expert and I was a noob, I couldn't say, "Hey, Aniro, can you teach me?" what my rotation as a dark knight is for pvp and you would just think oh wow this asshole's just going off getting killed and, and you know what where you're going to place that where, where you're going to place that frustration is on the garo event when it should just be placed on square enix for removing the chat function yeah i think i think exactly yeah i i, I think that that's a that's a pretty good point and uh you know appreciate that yam uh bringing you bringing this up is that yeah there might be some conflated emotions here that people might be confusing the garo event or the the people in the garo event for the limitations that removing the chat room is bringing to the forefront i mean there, you got to remember that the Garo event and the decision to remove the chat room came on the heels of each other. Like we had the Garo event, and then within one update, we had that that chat adjustment. And a lot of people pointed at the Garo event as the reason that Square Enix felt the necessity to implement the chat filter feature or the taking away the chat feature. Uh, so you know when when you consider that, I. I think that the whole thing looks a whole lot worse for Square Enix because this is just bad developing decisions on their part. Yeah, and you know, it's like newbies like me only want to do front lines because at least there people can say, "Hey, don't don't rush in, go left, go right, try to flank them." Mm-hmm. Versus the feast, it's like you got those what macro commands that say, "Hey, attack the healer, attack the tank." That doesn't tell you how to play your fucking job, right? All right, uh, I'd like to direct your uh, rage towards Skur really quick in the chat, who is saying, "But the other team has that same disadvantage, so it shouldn't be a factor." Uh, n- <laughs> okay. All right. First, <laughs> let's unpack this. First of all, first of all, a level playing field does not mean that there will be the same amount of interest driven in the player base. Like this, this move was bad not just for one team, but for both teams. It's bad for the idea of the event. It's bad for the sentiment surrounding the event. It's not just making a level playing field. It's the fact that it becomes inherently more frustrating to do PvP no matter what team you're on, no matter who you get queued with, unless you're queuing with people that you know in you know like discord a, yeah and 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 communicating with them through discord right. which i understand that you can do but 
Most people, I don't think, do that. Most people who are serious about PvP might do that. But anyone doing Garo, they're not going to give that much of a shit. They just want to be in and out in less than an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you have to think about when when designing features like this or implementing features like this. The overall sentiment surrounding the event is going to determine how many people are queuing for it at all at one time period that's your pool of potential cues yeah this isn't a matter of disadvantages or advantages yes they both have the same disadvantage but when you unpack that that means you're actually putting a disadvantage on both teams which makes it less fun it makes it less likely for someone to queue. And when you're talking about, you know, when you're talking about statistics, you want people queuing for things because everything in this game is an instance. Nothing is a shout out and then join. You know what I mean? Like everything is instance. Nothing is open world. So you have one of two choices. You jump on and you jump into duty finder, queue finder, party finder, whatever it is. And you start to try to do something or you craft and you do. You, that's like the majority of open world content. You do fucking bullshit that nobody wants to do open world pvp that's what i want you i mean you said that open world is a blight on video games earlier today yeah the open world genre not open world pvp you idiot is that not open world genre i think i think by that same token then yes uh phoenix Wright is a jrpg look not, not 90 99 of the content in this game is instanced <laughs> I, there's very very little that is open world that is open to the map. There's fates. There's hunts. That's about it. And the thing is, is that if the world is supposed to be the majority of the world that we're playing in, hopping on is sitting in Idleshire and queuing for a dungeon. Not that fun. I mean, it's about as fun as sitting around in Juno with your flag up. That wasn't that much fun either. Or sitting around in DM 2.0 waiting for and an I get, emergency mission. Look, I understand. I understand that with any MMO, there's going to be kind of like a, a, a time sink and a time investment factor that you have to balance. But like Square Enix, I don't think is doing their due diligence to make sure that the variety of content is enough to be able to sustain their game. That's that's fair. That's fair. So, uh, thanks for the call, Yam. We appreciate it. If you want to call the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, do you have opinions about the Garo event? Do you have opinions about PvP? Are you pissed off at the PvP chat blocker? Do you just want to hear yourself talk? We don't care. We'll let you on the air. Uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Notice how we didn't, we got like 10 minutes into the show and all of the trolls like disappeared so quick they fucking scattered to the wind yeah. as soon as we started joking around and as soon as we started the you know messing messing with our audience about the donations they go oh man uh, this my job here is done and they trot <laughs> off they trot off like the dumb little Prance prance off they prance off like the dumb little retards that they are with their pants Whoa. filled with shame can you say that word yeah, I can say that word. Pants? Oh, sorry. Trousers? Trousers. We, we, we have British people watching us. Uh, that was my mistake. Okay. I, I apologize. I, I sometimes get carried away and use the wrong words. I just, I get, 
I get really, you know, into the thing that I'm saying. And it, sometimes with rants, Twitter painted. You don't, you don't know. That's, <laughs> you almost agreed with me. <laughs> it's not quite the right term, but uh, I, yeah. When you when you get when you get carried away and you're not really thinking clearly about what you're saying, you can sometimes use offensive language like pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I just want to sincerely apologize. To all of our listeners that would have been offended by the P word, and I will make sure that I will never repeat the P word ever again. Yeah. Yes, idiot! You stupid cunts. Shut up, you fucking retard. All right. Hmm. Uh, so there's this translated uh, Reddit thread. I'm not really sure what it was for. I went to the website and there was moon language everywhere. So thank you, Reddit, for the translation. Uh, here's some bullet points. Uh, Fuck you, Reddit, for no reason. Yeah. Uh, we're getting three new waymarks will be added. Uh, it's A1. B one and C one. Well, I'm well, sure that no, I'm sure no, stop, that, stop, look, stop, no, stop, no, 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 no. Uh, Square no. Enix, Square Enix has solved the communication problem. We know everything <laughs> we need to know. We don't need any more. We, you know what they can do, Square Enix. You've given us so much with these new waymarks. You know what you can do? You can just go ahead and remove the chat, not just from PvP, but from the whole game. We don't need the chat at all anymore. All we can do is now emote at each other and place waymarks. That's the whole series of conversation. That's all we can do. All it. Uh, actually, why don't you just give us a fucking D? That's all we need. It's actually A prime, B prime, and C prime. You guys prime. heard this from Nika. All did. she needs is the D. The D, the beautiful, colorful, shiny, circle, circular D. I think that was Nika trying to be innuendo-ish. Uh, that, uh, that, what? what? <laughs> Take it as you will. That, Nika. I feel like. Can we just relish in this for a moment? That was so awkward, right? I but it's awkward. true. Okay, but let's 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 let it break it down to the seriousness for a second here. They said it's going to be A one, B one, and C one. When how many times <laughs> like do we the current waymarks? I don't know about you people, you non raiders, but every time we place ray, waymarks and everyone says, "Okay, go to the D corner," we mean the corner with no waymark. Why can't they seriously just give us a waymark with the letter D on it? I don't know. What is A one going to solve anything? It doesn't. Just saying. You hear her? She goes to check the connection. <laughs> I totally did. <laughs> I was like, I know they're fucking with me, but just in case. Just in I, case I just, I just wanted to. I just really wanted to feel that pressure of just like no one is going to come in and save you <laughs> from the thing that you're currently saying. Like no one. It's LBR true though. are just done. <laughs> Comcasted. Uh, <laughs> Stop uh, calling it A1 though. It's A prime. Use your mathematics. Okay, I'll take it as a good point. If they're different colors, then it's fine, I guess, because then you can start calling them like the blue marker and red marker. But the if black D. Wow, did you just assume my <laughs> color visibility ability? If they're the same fucking color, though, what's the point of having Stop that? assuming the color spectrum. Stop assuming I can God. see colors. Yeah, and I'm so, see, like he said, sometimes we just say things wait, we don't mean to. <laughs> they also confirmed that, of course, new hunts will be added in 4.0. Cross World Party Finder will be added for deep. Dungeon. Are they going to make hunts good? That's remains interesting. No. <laughs> Fun. No. Remains, remains mm. to be seen. No. Uh, Cross World Alliance recruitment will be slated for 4.1, as well as Cross World custom matching via Party Finder for the feast. 
All 3.x series content will be available unsynced in 4.0. Duh. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also pointed out, and and I wish I knew the context for this, only 1% of the entire user base has filled all 200 friends list slots. Well, gee, gee, Square Enix, maybe that's because most of our friends are on different fucking servers and we don't have a way to fucking talk to them and put them on our friends list. Maybe a friends list is not as much of a, a useful feature as you think it is when you have all of the right click features that you have in the friends list option available to you when you pull them up in Link Shell or in uh, Free Company. Yeah. Uh, the next producer live letter will be around April 20 something. Four twenty. Okay. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. <laughs> FF fourteen will not be at 2020's Nico Nico. <gasps> oh no! Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess regional fates will be ongoing once four is released. Great. So that's all the info, all the new info we've gotten since the last time we had info, uh, or just info that we hadn't gotten to yet. Yeah, it may have fair. been. It may have been out there. It may have existed, and we just <laughs> hadn't gotten to it yet. Are you dying? Please. Yes. 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 Faster. Uh, anyway, if you'd like to call the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. I feel like I feel like this show's been a little cynical. A little bit. No. For the, for the past seven months. <laughs> a little cynical. A little bit. A little cynical. But a little stomper. Uh Oh, little stuff. Throwback. <laughs> that's that's, that's an old. That's, that's LBR's callback campaign. There you go. Uh, gold feathers. So uh, I wanted to, to talk about uh, some of FF14's greatest moments. Mm-hmm. We um, have some, compiled some, a yeah, list, like some of the highlights, some of the high, uh, you know, the 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 high moments that FF14 has achieved is not just a story or a narrative, but as a game. Yes. Um, some of the you know events that they've put in. While they may not be currently terribly populated, uh, when they first came out, were very high praised by the community, uh, very well received by the community, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think it. I think it might do us to try to inject a little bit of optimism uh, here into the show. That's and right. FF14 which, hasn't always been a terrible game, which is why I feel like I need to. Remove myself from oh. this discussion. <laughs> what? Uh, if I have to suffer through this, so do you. Good luck, guys. <sighs> I get an eight seat. <clears throat> on your seat. No. no Wait, you but no, what if don't. a caller Don't calls? use my real name! What if a caller calls? I'm just getting a drink, you j- jackass. Oh, Jesus. Well, you dumb shit. God damn. Piece of shit. Well, hey, will you get me some Pepsi? Fuck shit. Thank you. Lick shit. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut shit. <laughs> Oh. oh, that wasn't <laughs> you. <laughs> I just see him mute someone. I just assume it's me. All right. So yes, we have compiled the 14 best moments of Final Fantasy 14. Now, now there aren't just 14 moments in FF 14. There are tons of them. Okay, and these aren't in any particular order either. It's not like we have an absolute best or you know second best or whatever. It's just a bunch of moments that we thought uh, were a a boon to the game as a whole. Now, we would also like to encourage you guys to call in. Do you disagree with something on this list? Uh, Is there something that you think we overlooked? What would you add? What was your best moment? Get a hold of Kooky Persona, the firewall. Let her know that you'd like to talk to us, and we promise we won't be mean. Kooky, the firewall persona. That's right. So, 
We can start at the top of our list here. One of the best moments of Final Fantasy fourteen. Now, this is kind of a, a, a bit general when we were discussing some of these these points. There, there was quite a few things that happened in quick succession uh, that I decided we would just put the, this whole thing on there. And that was the end of A Realm Reborn. So that is 2.55. That includes things like... So when the game just ended, that was the best part of Final Fantasy XIV, when you could stop playing it. Yeah, we haven't right? got there yet. Uh, oh. So that includes the death of the Sultana. That was huge. So many people were butthurt about that. We are ignoring the fact that she came back alive by yeah, the way. Yeah, this is when we're that, living in 2.55, that, okay? Right. That, that completely ruined her death scene. But even, even the epic ending of, like, what the fuck happened to the Scions? Like, are they all going to die? Except for the stupid bullshit with... What, 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 what was her name? Minfilia. Minfilia, yeah, just running back. But, like, the shit with Poplimo and Yidda, when we saw, like, her eye and they're, like, getting ready to, like, fight all those dudes off, and then Yastola and Thancred down in the in the aqueducts when he took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> Come on, those oh, whole uh, ending cutscenes! Those were so great! I think you meant when they were trying to beat all those dudes off. <laughs> Phrasing. That's one way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the way you should have said mm-hmm. it because it would have been funnier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now you're in the joke because he didn't. Then. But that's one of the reasons why Heaven's Ward has felt felt like such a letdown is because they set the bar so high with 2.0 and especially 2.55. They really did, and I think that they, you know, I think part of the reason why 3.5 may feel like there's not as much hype for it is because so many of the payoffs of those early shocks that we got at three point or at 2.5 haven't paid off long term mm-hmm. like the thing the like, like four point or 3.0 was very disconjointed like the thing with the sultana i think is the first thing that i think of when it's like okay well maybe we'll see some characters die because a character death beyond you know serving as an interesting plot point provides a lot of character motivation and we've seen character death be used to the advantage of the narrative hearts and farts being a good example mm-hmm. yasail being another one mm-hmm. moonbrita being a bad one because she <laughs> oh, should God, be well, shut up no but that's only it's, she's only a bad one because she's a rogadin no, that's fair. Had she been any other race, it would she have been good motivation no, I would have felt it. What if she was a Lala fell? You'd have felt that? No, I definitely would have felt that. I wouldn't have felt that. Okay, so Rogan or Lala fell, but if she was a hot chick, that's like, right. Like a Miko tank. Like, like if we were losing like mm. tits. Yeah. Yeah. B- boobs McGee. Yeah. Love, um, who boobies. never died. She didn't. No, she didn't. She lived through that whole escapade. Um, anyway, but yeah, that's the thing is that so many of those narrative punches that we thought would be long lasting weren't. And and I'm not just talking about the Sultana. I think that there's a lot that they could have ended up doing with Astinian that they didn't end up mm, doing. Like oh. there was a lot of setup and and, and thought of where Astinian's story was going to end Mm -hmm. and i i I think the fact that it didn't end that it that it that they just keep the character going and and leave the possibility open to bring him back i think that that took a lot of like the narrative importance out of especially because it doesn't seem like like there was any lasting impact on him he just like oh i'm okay now oh look cool hey i'm no longer nidhogg look at that that's crazy (laughs) look at that shit that's crazy here I was Nidhogg one second, now I'm not no more. Look at that. Holy shit. Are you even trying?
trying? That's Astinian's voice. That's canon. Can I- That's Astinian. Please, b- Square Enix, you got to bring me in to do the voice of Astinian for the next patch, all right? Come on now. <laughs> It's fucking crazy, right? Like I was a fucking dragon. I was a fucking dragon. Are you guys, do you guys not fucking understand? Do you not understand? Do you not get it? Am I is there, Am I speaking a different fucking language? Like, like, Did what? fucking juxtaposition set my language settings to fucking Icelandic or some shit? Like, Do you not get it? Like you would, I was a fucking dragon. Like wings and a dragon. Greatest conversation ever. <laughs> oh my god. That's what they should have done with Astinian. That's the true reason I'm mad because I've got a better characterization for Astinian than they could ever come up with. That's so good. <laughs> Show's over, guys. We're ending it right there. Right, I know. So, so that was number one best moment of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, you know what? I can't believe that we don't have any callers that want to talk to fucking Estenian about the fucking fact that I was a fucking dragon. I was a fucking dragon over here. All right. Next next best moment of Final Fantasy XIV. Titan Extreme as he was needed for the relic weapon. This was great. Yeah, this was so great to have such a hard challenge wall put in front right of you at the start. Too. It felt like old FF 11. It felt like one of those challenges that was like ne- necessary for advancement and, and you needed to be plugged in and made it feel like the entire ecology of the game was going to rely on skill to be able to advance. Yeah. <laughs> And it didn't stick around very Since long. Since then, have we had anything even close to this? Nope. No. 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 They put in hard stuff. Yeah. But none of it felt like a necessity. Like, I had to get that shit done. Yeah. Like, if I don't that do that. That was the only weapon. And, and it, it actually didn't even last the entire length of that weapon. Well, no. Either. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, Juxta. I actually think that the relic was a little bit like that. But until... I, I think it was once we started to see where the anima was going, that where where the ana, that the anima was not going to break the pattern that the relic weapon fit into. Because mm-hmm. again, there was a lot of expectation for the relic weapon to eventually end up outclassing all of the raid weapons, right? So everyone had this idea that I've got to be working on a relic weapon because I don't know where that this this is going to end up progressing to. Right. That's what I'm kind of saying is that the relic weapon was the only weapon basically choice at the start of 2.0 yes yeah that's what i meant to say yeah that's why it felt like a necessity yeah exactly. we, didn't, we didn't know oh, i'll just wait till the next patch <laughs> but but the thing is is that they weren't hiding it behind like hard mode fights mm-hmm. putting it put it walling that behind an extreme mode fight and it, and even like one of the fights that was considered at the time the hardest in the game Putting a wall there in that challenge was something that they never did again in that relic weapon process. And in, yeah, any, any relic process. In, at, at any step in the line. And it's really, I think it's really unfortunate and really detrimental because if you, you know what, you know what Square Enix has really failed to do? I just, this just clicked with me. You know what they really, really failed to like do? Like a clicker. They, they've failed to set their audience they they failed to set their audiences expectations so that their audience keeps guessing yes. uh, we've, we've been able to we've been able to peg down what 
the content structure is going to be through Stormblood throughout, you know, the the interviews that Yoshi P has given. But if your audience can get one step ahead of you in knowing what your structure is going to be, if you can't surprise your audience, then I don't know how you can I don't I, as a creative person like that's that's how do you keep your fans? Yeah. Like how do you honestly keep your audience? Yeah. You like, all fucking suck by the way. I said Titan Extreme for the relic. You only needed hard mode. I tested you all. You too, Nika. Way to go. Sorry, Way I kind of just totally missed it, but it's all good. I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. It doesn't for matter. The, for the original relic, yeah, you only needed It doesn't hard. matter. I hey, think that uh, actually speaks uh, more uh, to the difficulty of uh, it. Hang on. Uh, Hang on, because at the time there wasn't any extreme modes. When you had to do Titan Hard Mode, Titan Hard Mode was one of the hardest fights. Yeah. Titan Hard Mode was considered a fight that was like yeah. one of the hardest in the game. I at will that forever point. say, like, what was it? Extra Life that year, Siren spent like ten hours of Extra Life just doing Titan Hard because nobody what? had the relics, nobody had strong enough weapons. It we, it took forever. Right. Exactly. And yeah, that's why that's, Titan was one of the best moments of FF14. So forgive me for for misremembering that that experience was actually hard mode and not extreme mode. Forgive hard modes were actually hard at some point. They were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I mean like again like I think that that sort of speaks to the problem that Square Enix has not been addressing for so long is that so much of this content you can just power past it or you can just push push stats past it or put level past the challenge and then it becomes suddenly no it, it no longer has the weight that it used to and when you toss it out like when when Titan Hard is at one point considered the hardest fight in the game but by the end of that expansion cycle is one of the easiest like think that 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 there's actually a fucking problem there that the developer is not addressing and again and i'm going to go back to this again that the fact that we as fans and we as an audience can even see where the next moves exist not even in a narrative sense like a narrative sense yes we are guessing but in terms of the content structure because that's the thing that really keeps people rooted in a game I think that's why we've seen so many people become dejected with the content and disengaged from the content is because they're just they're not like we know what to expect already. I don't need to do the anima because I know that the anima is going to keep exactly the same eye level pace with the raid weapon and it's not going to break convention. It's not going to break the mold that they've set up for themselves. They follow their own rules too goddamn much. Yep. Yep. Next on the list, the first implementation of the hunt. What the hunt did for the community, like it turned it on its fucking head. Mm-hmm. I know, I know there, there was a big, obviously a huge, huge contingent that was like, ah, oh, the hunt has made us so toxic. But still, it made shit happen. Yeah. It yeah. brought the community, excuse me, it brought servers together. Can you imagine, can you imagine if Square Enix added hunts right now? You know what they would probably do? They would probably remove the chat feature while you're in party. (laughs) Square Enix, that was one of the dumbest moves that you could possibly make was removing the chat channel from your PvP. It was undoubtedly a bad decision that has negatively impacted PvP. And if you were smart with 3.56 3.56 you would reinstate the, the PvP chat. Do you guys know what we had with hunts? We had infamy on servers. Who remembers Sun, Sun Gohan? Sun Gohan. Sun Gohan. Sun Gohan, you yes. wily bastard. If you're still out there listening, <laughs> if you listen to this show, 
Give uh, us a call. Say what's up. Send uh, an email. Call in and shove the phone up your butt. Oh. I guess that... Because I don't know what that would sound like. That I'm kind of curious. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not curious at all, actually. Just like that. I'm going to move on to the next one. <clears throat> uh, the characterization of both Estinian and Yasael throughout the launch of Heaven's Ward. This is true. Yes. Now, now... Particularly the launch, just right. I mean the launch. <laughs> yes, it's very specific. Key, keyword there, launch. But the but first few story arcs. What what is also special about this is when we think of like beloved characters or characters that we like from the game throughout Heaven's Word, they also existed in one point or sure. two point oh. And now sure. yes, Astinian was technically there as well but as like the general the greater community unless you were a retard that leveled dragoon you probably didn't really know much about Estinian. and the fact that they were able to grow those two characters to mean what they were to the audience in a shorter time than we have been uh you know uh, getting to know the scions sure I thought I'm was gonna, a great boon to their writing. I'm going to actually just say that you sail overall as a character, period. Yes. I mean, you sail, you sail's entire arc was great and it didn't hang out for too long. Like, that's that's the thing about Astinian. Because he didn't die, now I'm sick of the character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he would have died. If he end, comes oh. back in any way, shape or form, I'm going to I'm going to be like, this sucks. This sucks right here. He should have died. Yep. It's like it's like if Kurt Cobain had been able to make music beyond 27, I'm sure that he would have made a Christmas album and everyone would have fucking hated it Aww. and everyone would have gone. Why didn't this guy blow his brains out at 27? That's the same thing that you're going to st start thinking about Estinian because he turned into a fucking dragon. And then I turned back and then I can come back and go, hey, I was a dragon. <laughs> fucking stupid. Just let him die. Just let the character die. There was not that much attachment to him in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yep. I agree. He was um, a prick, and but like, a, a, he but he knew. He, that but, was cool. Yeah, but he had. I don't know. He was like a prick that had a way to worm himself into our hearts. Well, exactly. He, the reason the way that why, he interacted though, with the other characters was very. I think and he grew a lot as a character too. Because I think that he provided a good foil to Yasail as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. But I you know, once I, I I again I think the narrative punch for Yasail was perfect. The fact that they haven't pulled it is also great. I know, oh so good. I, fact, I hope that they don't I, I hold on to your butts. <laughs> the fact the fact that, that you know she was a primal and, and seen as an antagonist for like at least two patches leading up to heaven's word i thought was a stroke of narrative brilliance well, one of the first emotional punches that hit me during heaven's ward was when you and you sail meet with Rachel valgruer for the first time and he's like you're not shiva right and like she basically realizes oh shit like i felt that through her right like that was it got me in my heart feels, guys. And, and and that's the thing is that since then, I just I don't feel like anything has been executed with that much, you know, like that much uh, flair or mm -hmm. that much style, yeah. that much grace. Mm -hmm. Like those, I thought that that was so well executed that it was almost it was almost difficult to watch as Estinian got turned into a fucking dragon 
and then you know like once you once you defeated him you were able to turn, turn him, him back, back. yeah God. like that that really i thought that was just such a narrative slap i mean in the i thought face. it would have been a nice like feel if he turned back but you still couldn't save him and yes like yeah that would have yeah. been fine and you had and you actually had to say goodbye to him as you were killing him I thought that was that was that's what I was sort Even of if like. Emmerich would have done it. Remember, we talked about wanting to have Emmerich yep. have to like. That's oh, that's sort yeah. of what I was set up for. That's what I was set up for and ready for. And you can subvert an audience's expectations. That's fine. But when you do it, you've got to do it in a satisfying way. And letting him live, I'm telling you right now, not satisfying character arc because he's going to come back and he's going to have plot armor and oh, you know what i mean like if you have a choice between killing a character and letting them live always kill the character it's always a more interesting choice i think you're right but i think you're right but Estinian can't die because he's part of the dragoon quest you can die in the future yeah what everybody knows that if you're doing the original one to 50 quest it's the time the time before. yeah the time bubble yeah, because I mean, remember that period of time where like, oh, but if you do the cooking quest, the sultana's dead. Ha ha! But you're making a, a feast for her. Ha ha! Like you just, you just know that's not right. Just that's don't that's be like stupid. that's like saying because you sailed. That's dead. Square Enix's thought. Yeah, you process, can't do you can't do Shiva X anymore because you sailed. Right. Her. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, that's different. That's a primal fight. You get you get to you know you get to so far in the storyline and and it shuts down all of the Shiva battles. The heretics that doesn't make got, any fucking got too sense. many more crystals and they summon Shiva again. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Shiva's still alive. You dumb idiot. Anyway. Next on the list, the binding coil of Bahamut as a whole. Yes. Yeah. I'd say that. Mika, I, I, you want to share Mika? a few words yeah, on the I mean, binding yeah, Because yeah, our like, well, there are here. some fun and interesting mechanics in the current tier of Alexander. I think looking back on each as a overall experience, like... I don't know, maybe that's because it was new and it was the first raid, and so a lot of the mechanics they introduced were new and not boring yet. Um, well, it's not even I, just mechanics. I mean, look at the design of the different areas. I think, I, yeah. I think the story definitely was way better. Oh, the story was <laughs> so much better, especially because it, it, it uh, directly connected back with 1.0 and one of the more interesting things that ever happened in 1.0, the calamity. Um, yeah, there were so many interesting interesting things about the binding coil because i think that was the sort of the central mystery like what happened during the calamity or just after the calamity and you know that was one of the central questions for anyone who had played 1.0 and something that they had to address they couldn't drag their feet on addressing and the way that they did it and the way that they executed it especially with that also being our first point of contact for the elegant culture such a smart idea because you're almost overwhelming your players with the amount of input that they're receiving and they can't even they can't even figure out what is what is um uh relevant from a from a narrative perspective until you get the entire picture painted for you i like those kinds of narratives i think that those are fun and i think that binding coil of bahamut executed that almost flawlessly mm -hmm. uh, uh, from from raid design to fight design to challenge level i mean like binding coil was right on the mark Yep. Uh, my favorite thing about Binding Coil was how the narrative helped to fill in pieces of a Realm Reborn story arc overall. You know, whereas, you know, Alexander was just like, oh, here's a new story about some people you've never fucking met. And after you're done with this, you will never fucking see again. Yeah, it really awesome. did. Hey, here's this thing that exists in a bubble. It's in not even a metaphorical bubble. We've literally put it in its own fucking bubble on the <laughs> map. And guess what? 
that 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 could be that it really is a metaphor for how disconnected Alexander felt to the rest of the world as opposed to the binding coil of Bahamut binding coil of Bahamut felt intrinsically connected you felt like you were answering a mystery that was fundamental to the world and to the one of the biggest events that has ever happened in it and you know what you also mentioned too like how that was our first introduction our first way to learn about the Allegan culture yes what they should have done with Alexander is if they would have tied Alexander to the the destruction of Idlishire because it used to be a Charlayan, uh, uh, you know, uh, part of Charlayan. If they would have somehow tied it into the destruction, yeah. Of, so instead of it being a love exact, story with that one chick and about or whatever, it would have actually given us details taught us about, the, about the world. exactly what happened there. Yeah. Yes, mm, that'd have been so fucking cool. I agree. I totally agree because you know, even even in the Dravanian hinterlands where you know you can enter uh, Alexander. It's a very broken up, very, you know, like there was, there was, uh, there's existing structure there. You're right. That's all very interesting when you kind of look around and you kind of explore the place. It's one of the more interesting zones that lends itself well to exploration. You're right. They could have, they could have somehow intrinsically connected it to that zone or to that area. Yeah. Because I had so many questions about that area the first time I came into it. (laughs) No, the goblins just like, yeah, Charlie, I used to be here, but this is our digs now. And we're like, oh, okay. And and they're just like, metal guy, look at that. Like, it, <laughs> there really is, like, there's just, like, nothing. Uh-huh. There's nothing that roots it to the world. And you remember the Eorzea. first time that you saw that huge structure? You're like, oh, oh my God, what is that? Right. It's going to be so fucking epic. And mm. and and again, you, you have to walk into the goddamn metaphorical bubble. I mean, actually, in this case, it's quite literal goddamn bubble that you have to that you have to go into to be able to participate. I, I, I mean, how much more how much like it, it? How much more representative do you have to be of how that content was received? Holy shit. Yeah. Revelations. Uh, still talking about Coil of Bahamut, specifically turn nine in Coil. I feel like gets a lot of love. Turn nine was one of the best design fights it, just, it had game. so many mechanics like so many that, like, do you even, think that that fight could fit into oh, i forget his name now but uh from FanFest said that when they're designing fights that the idea is that it must be able to be explained in 60 seconds i <laughs> i don't think you can explain that in 60 seconds at all yeah probably not um but again you know you're facing off with nail a great callback to 1.0. Um, and even those that didn't play 1.0, this was an incredibly satisfying storyline for them. I mean, you know, just Nail's armor alone. He 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 cuts a very imposing visage. You know what I mean? But He's, this Nail is like his girlfriend who's taken him. Yeah, we know. Like, well, but that's that was the that was Nail even before the calamity. Yeah. Nail was always was always his sister, right? I think it's his sister. I thought it was his lover. No, I thought it was. Why not both? Relative. I can't remember. I read it in the lore book. Yeah, I. I. It's. It's been so long ago that I read the the entry in the lore book that it's hard for me to remember. But yes, that was that was even him before the calamity. He was he was killed very very early on. Any at any point, you know, like at a point before anyone any of our characters Mm -hmm. met him. 
Um, and that, yeah, either his sister. Yeah, it's his sister. Yeah, well, this I mean, this discussion alone just sort of illustrates the differences between Alexander and Coyle Bahamut. There are things in Coyle Bahamut that have like such longstanding and deep rooted connections to lore. We needed the fucking lore book to explain why Nail was a check. That was a fucking mystery. Yeah. And, and, and I have to say, good on Square Enix. For not coming out and explicitly explaining mm-hmm. that because there were so many questions about it. For not coming out and explicitly explaining that. Now, granted, that is a uh, how anyone could have picked up on that through what we're given through context that you're right. given in the game mm-hmm. would have been impo- I think would have been impossible. We'll have to talk to Atlas about that. I uh, <laughs> I don't he, know. He'd be the one. It, I, I just I, I'm not sure I'm not 100% but sure But when you look at all the All the different fights And all the bosses from Coil And then you look at Alexander There are two fights to me Not mechanically But just lore wise That stand out Alexander Obviously And then the arc fight Because it's basically Inspired from FF9 The end what was the re- what was the rest of anything in Alexander? The fight with uh, Quick Thinks was really awesome too. There was the mechanically balls. there was the, the balls. balls was cool yeah, mechanically. Was I loved having all those balls run towards me and brush up against me in a cold sweat. You uh, <laughs> look. I just I, I I you're absolutely right. Binding Coil of Bahamut very satisfying. Uh, even even to non one players, it was very very satisfying raid. Uh, and a lot of I I think again the sentiment coming off of two to three was very high. People had a lot of expectations for Heaven's Word. They outdid themselves, and I think I think that those expectations have been lowered quite a bit throughout the entirety of Heaven's Word. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next on the list. Thornton's trial design the Knights of the Round. That was a big deal. Why? When Thornton came out, like being able to see the Knights of the Round. I mean, plus the extreme version of that, like that was one of the most fun and critical uh, uh, praise that a fight in Heavensward at the time had gotten. That's true. That is true. I mean, I all, what I remember was the uh, the the shatter graphic and was like going like, oh yeah, they're definitely going to use the shit out of that in <laughs> stream mode. Um, I, yeah, I I mean, it was a it was a good fight. It was well received. Um, was that the first EX fight that we got in the Heaven's Word? No, no. no. We had Ravana. We had Ravana and, and, and uh, Bismarck, Bismarck. Bismarck right out of the gate. Yeah, you're right. Yep. EX Corona. Uh, um. So yeah, it, I mean. I don't know. I I never did the extreme mode to be honest with you. I what? I, I did. Oh God, I it was tipped so out. fun compared to other battles. I, I I did it for a, a few times. Never actually beat it. But I mean, it did have <laughs> it did have one of the trappings that a lot of Heaven's Ward content was, and that was why mm, bother. I've done it like forty seven million times for that fucking bird. Do you it have did. it? <laughs> then you should have it by now because you only have to do it ninety nine times to get the bird. I no, think no. I do. I do have it. She on, threw away on, the totems each time. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, and this and this goes back to the thing that we were saying is that when you're when your content structure is predictable, mm-hmm. when your audience can look at something and go, "Well, I know I don't need to do that because in three months I'll have this." Mm-hmm. Like, unless you subvert that at some point, unless you disappoint, the, unless you piss those people off who are counting on that next tier of tone gear or that next tier of welfare handouts or whatever the fuck it is. If you can count on that, 
then you are doing a disservice to your community because you're saying you look you 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 have to find it within yourself to be engaged to motivate yourself to play this game and to find the enjoyment out of it and i don't think that that's a smart way to design a game no it's not i mean most most of the games that i have fun with I don't know why I'm having fun until long after I've stopped playing the game and I start thinking about its structure and it, the way that it's presenting its content. I'm, when I'm going through content, I'm not sitting there going, well, this is very poorly executed. You know what I mean? Like, it's not until after I've gone through it and I think about how much I want to do it again or how much better I want to be at it where I really get to sit down and think like, okay, this is how this piece of content impacted me, Mm -hmm. right? You've got to have time to see, okay, well, how engaged am I in it moving forward? Like, there there is a timeline that you have to go through, especially with a persistent world and a persistent online uh environment where you know you can only hold your your audience so accountable if they're not eating up what you're putting out and if you're if they're not eating up what you're putting out then guess what you've got to change the expectation you've got to keep people guessing yeah no that's definitely one way to keep people extremely engaged yeah uh next on the list now nate or near i know this one isn't gonna particularly be for you but you can't deny the impact that it's had on the game and people and that is the implementation of personal and free company housing even now people clamor over this whole kugane thing people go crazy over when are we gonna get ishgard housing and when we did finally get the limit break radio free company housing that was one of the best things in the game that happened for me. It actually made the game feel more alive for me. I I mean, I guess that that's fair. Juxta, I'm pretty sure that this plays the biggest role in your FF14 playtime is decorating and redecorating the house. It's so much more fun to redecorate and glamour when people are looking at you and your house. Like, I can choose where to put sofas and stuff, and I watch people react to where I'm putting stuff. I'm like God now. And I like that. I'm the god of the LBR house. And what does he do with his newly found found power? He makes a dick stage. He makes a dick stage. It's not a dick stage. It is a total dick stage. It's stage D, okay? God damn it. That is in the shape of... And D stands for... It's the, it's the fourth it's iteration. The fourth Maybe I should call it stage A prime. You know what? Maybe you should remake it and then rename it Let's stage A1. E. Stage Delta. Yeah, or Delta, I guess that works. Why does it look like a shaft with balls on it? What? Why do you have a white gum rug? Why does it look like it's jizzing? <laughs> because that's the most optimal place for feng shui for the rug. Why is it white? What? Artistic why is it design. White? You need to it matches the piano, you fucking pleb. It's like you don't know anything about interior design. The piano's on the other side of the fucking studio. Yeah, exactly. You need to intersperse the white throughout the entire need room. To, to pull it all together, I see. Why is nothing else white? <laughs> uh, there's more white stuff in there. Name one. The pillars. The are pillars. White. You can't change those colors. It doesn't matter if you can change them or not. But the fact is, they're the, white. The, That's the, why the I whole chose them. Of the whole room. It's a dick. <sighs> it's a no. Dick. You're a dick. It's a dick. You're a dick. All right. Next on the list is the implementation of the Gold Saucer and Triple Triad. And Lords of Verminion. That's No, no that's later no. on the list. Mm-hmm. No. 
That better not be on the list. Nobody can deny how when Triple Triad came out that it, it was a phenomenon. That that was basically it. They're like, oh, Spansion's about to come out, and Square Enix is like, nah, let's make this a card game. Yep. People, That's all I did for a while. People That's all I did, still do. People did Triple Triad so much that it actually had discouraged Juxta from participating in Triple Triad because everybody else got ahead of him. No, it's just that Triple Triad is such a boring, basic game. It's not about the what? game. It's about collecting the cards. The game is fun. The game is god-awful. The only thing worse than Triple Triad is Gwent. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you Gwent with that. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> no that was bad oh get hype the drop liked it next on the list the original steps of faith mm, yes explain oh, it. i mean i would say in terms of experience yeah because yeah i mean that, i remember sitting was... there actually like talking and say to people to team up and then go inside and like how many we wiped maybe three times before we cleared it and the sense of accomplishment was pretty damn good. Never has something been nerfed as quickly as that was content-wise. I mean, the fact that that many people were upset. See, first of all, that led to our Salted Earth episode, okay? And our Salted <laughs> Earth episode was probably one of our biggest episodes. Like, so many people are like, we came in at the Salted Earth episode. I started listening to you on the Salted Earth episode. The Salted yeah. Earth episode. That's when, like, Get Good really started to take off. Because I think that is when a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, that's when the people who did realize it were like, oh, shit. Like, we've kind of been pushed into this this corner of the game or, or, or this corner of ourselves where we don't actually earn anything. Like, everything is just so god-awful easy. And the steps of faith, whether it was intended by Square Enix to be this or not, was the game, like, smacking you upside the head and being like, guess what? You're a fucking scrub. You actually suck at this game. And the thing is, is that the whole moniker of get good... And the whole mon that whole rant that was done on the Salted Earth episode is probably one of the most misunderstood pieces that we've ever done on this show. And basically what we were asking from Square Enix. Love you guys. Thank you, Chili. Love you, Chili. What we were asking from Square Enix is to keep the challenge that is issued across the entire community to keep that challenging and difficult and to not just arbitrarily lift that because there were some people who were upset about it and the thing is is that like this is this is this is a thing i think is true in media and and in create you know creative fields really anywhere where you are getting feedback from an audience is that people overcorrect People overcorrect for negative criticism and what they don't understand, which is which seems really strange to be saying about a company like Square Enix, who's been in business since the day I was born. But what I think they don't understand is that, like, look, the people who are dissatisfied with your product are always going to be the most vocal. They're going to shit. People love to shit on anything that they can. Mm -hmm. They like the internet has just proven how much people like to shit oh, on yeah. stuff. If you and hate I'm not something, saying, you let them know. If and you this love is, it, you don't. And this is not new. 
This is nothing new to human behavior. This is not something that the internet invented. <laughs> I just think that the internet allows us to be shittier with each other on a way regular basis, on a way, uh, you know, a way more visible basis. And we just actually see end up seeing people for who they actually are instead of, you know, who they want to try to paint people as or who they want to try to idealize people as. And the fact of the matter is, is like, no, everyone has the ability to be shitty. And when people are discontent, they're going to speak up about it far more than if they're content, because if people are content, they don't want to complain. You know what they want to do? They want to relax. They want to laugh. Contention. They want to have fun. Content. They, you know what I mean? Like, it's the people who are discontented. It's the people who are upset that end up running their fucking yap. And a lot of times that, you know, and especially in this instance, it was the people who couldn't meet the challenge, who thought it was too hard. And, and that is, you know what? I guarantee you the people who are complaining that Steps of Faith was too fucking hard don't play this game anymore. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that or the people that would on. pop in and, oh, Steps of Faith, I'm going to leave now. Right. Yep. Who fucking cares? You think that they've stuck around for a whole lot longer than, you know, the people who were trying to get into rating at that time? Mm-hmm. No, doubtful. Doubt fucking full. So who who's your actual audience, Square Enix? Is it the people who you think are discontented with what you're doing, or is it the you know like what what's the de- what's the metric that you're using to me- to measure sentiment? Because I think you're looking too much at forum posts and not enough at login numbers, not enough at uh, completion rates, not enough at you know. Like other data that can measure sentiment and engagement better than just these shitty forum posts, because that's that's all it was like at the time. That's all it was, was a sentiment that exists existed in some forum posts. Mm -hmm. And it's insane that that was able to take the legs, the challenge out from under so much of the content, because think of how often the goalposts are moved by Square Enix. Mm -hmm. They're moved all the time everything gets easier and now square enix is backed into a position where the the player base expects it the player base expects you know anima restrictions to be eased they expect things to be eased as they go in time and not a natural evolution not a natural like you statistically out level the challenge or you you know you just in raw levels no, they just straight the up nerf the they challenge. straight up take the balls out of it and they announce it proudly on the lodestone and everyone goes man fuck this it's it's so and and that's what really get good was is it was a way to say look there is a there's a considerable contingent of players out here saying that instead of tailoring the content to our needs that the community and that our fellow player base should accept the responsibility of rising to the challenge. And if you can't get there, guess what? You're going to have to wait three months, six months, whatever that fucking that patch cycle Mm -hmm. was to be able to out gear that challenge. And if you don't make it, you don't make it. You run up against that wall every fucking day. And if it's demotivating, fine, it demotivates you. But there's this, 
I, there's this other thing that developers do where I think that they just get so wrapped up in their narrative presentation. And if it's a wall that keeps people out from completing the narrative or some kind of cutscene that somebody spent 60 hours or however long working on, that there's a reluctance to let that stay hidden, to let that stay inaccessible to any amount of your player base. And that alone, that is frustrating as shit. That is frustrating because I don't know how to fucking fix that. I don't know how to answer that problem of like, oh, well, we just had 20 people plugging away at this at this, you know, cut scene that we want to ensure that the entire community can see, but we need to put it behind a, a, a challenge hard enough that encourages players to rise to the challenge and not just keep asking for a continually easier game. Cause that's the slope that you end up on and look where we're at. You want to talk about a slippery slope? Look where Boom. we're at. No, no, no. I mean, it's been about like a year, year and a half since they made that steps of faith nerf. I mean, Look where the game is. Is there any doubt that this game has gotten easier, that the challenge has been taken out of it, or that the monotony has been worked into it? I think that that is a really tough you know, a, a, a really tough argument to argue against. Like, I think unequivocally it is. Mm -hmm. It is easier. It is less challenged. The community is more complacent now than ever. I have, like, queuing with people is, uh, queuing with randos is fucking infuriating because some of them are so goddamn coddled and so god, oh my, it's just so fucking irritating for me personally as a human being to interact with half of this goddamn community oh no, i agree because half of them are these fucking people that wanted these stupid nerfs wants everything to be easy they don't want to have to think about anything they don't want to have to challenge themselves they don't want other people to have to be challenged and it's affecting everybody else too and it's fucking boring wake and up yo sheeples it's it listen it's 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 boring to the tune of everyone is walking out the fucking door Am I wrong about this? Am, is, am I am I am I the only one that's logging into empty fucking servers? No, I'm sh I'm sure I'm not. So I mean, like, you know, for all of you people who want to, you know, call me cynical or an asshole or mean or whatever, it's fine. That's all valid. But at the same time, like, I haven't been wrong. Like, I wasn't wrong about fucking steps of faith, and I'm not wrong now. Objectively, you look, you measure between then and now, we have, what, half of that player base? Three quarters, maybe, if you try to stretch it? I don't know. Bad. Square Enix is vague about the numbers. Bad. But I, it just, in terms of, like, logging in every day, you know, you... I, I feel it. I feel the, the less people on every fucking day. Yep. Next on the list, the time freeze portal on A12 and the story connection there. That's Sly Bandit going, fucking Belmung isn't empty. You know what? Yeah, because they have a cock in their ass. Get out. <laughs> Bandit, you know that that's not an option. Shame on you. Belmung is its own game. Never bring up Belmung in a positive light. Yeah, yeah. But uh, probably one of the only cool things from the Alex story was that whole uh, reveal that, oh, look, we got to go back in time and save ourselves. 
Except only if you're a DPS. If yeah, you it was kind of late. Excuse like, me. I've had fucking healers try and gank my little teleport bubble. <laughs> Fuck them. That's pretty funny. In X mode, though, you actually have two DPS, a tank, and a healer going. So it's a little bit different, at least. So now I do get to see it. But it is kind of lame that because they actually use it as part of the storyline, and after you complete it, they say, did you see what it really was? And you click yes or no. And I'm like, I, I didn't actually see it. I only know because someone told me. Well, you know what? There you go. Digital exclusivity. <laughs> no, because it's such an important part of the story. It's like the only cool part about the story, and only half the party got yeah. to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know what? Tanks and healers get good stuff all the time, like insta cues and whatever. This is DPS's shit. Look, I'm g- the only other thing that was good about the Alex storyline, in my opinion, was um, uh, the, 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 the no the Fuck, ho- fucking the R at the end. No, the horn. Um, oh right, the horn, yeah. horn from of trebuchet. Yes. But that doesn't count because only 1.0 players would know what that is. Shut the fuck up. Horn of Trey Bucket. <laughs> it totally counts Trey because Coil's story was also connected to 1.0, so you shut the fuck up. Yeah, totally. Nika, that was sarcasm because you were like, oh, it doesn't count if everybody can't see it. It sucks. No, but you, everybody gets to see the horn. Next on the list, <laughs> the Ozma fight and the lore implications of what Ozma actually is. Yeah, legit. Ozma's fucking one of the coolest things in the entire game. Yep, yep. The one world of, eater. One of the coolest things ever. I mean, like, it's it's responsible for the destruction. absorbing Nim. Yeah. Whew, that's that was cool. a huge one. That's pretty goddamn cool. I remember cool. when you, like, broke that to us. You were like, holy shit, you guys. Did you know? Yeah, yeah. Ozma, Ozma was pretty 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 perfect yep. uh let's go to our phone lines real quick and talk to uh toki renwind of ultras what's going on toki hey not much guys i'm first time caller i've been listening since like 2006 welcome Holy legacy sh- listener th- yeah since 2006 that was the first year that we were making this that's show right. so that's a, that's a long goddamn that's time the beginning what the hell's wrong with you why did you not li- reach out to us you idiot i have anxiety well, oh, well, welcome. We're happy to have you here. I just wanted to talk about easier context regarding Steps of Faith because I beat it as a white mage when it was quote unquote hard he and all these fucking plebs whining and crying. It's mage. too hard to do. I'm like, shit, dude. You just learn the mechanics, get it down, boom, you're done. Yeah, and that's the thing is that all of the for all of the complaining that was being done. It, yes, it was it was a kind of challenging fight, but it wasn't really that challenging. Like for the amount of complaining that was happening, I understand failure rates were fairly high, but at the same time it was doable. It was totally reasonable. And it really was just execution errors because yes. like none all yeah. the cannons and uh, uh, the stupid dragon killer the dragon killers, with it. That was all stuff independent of your gear. Yeah, yeah. if you yeah. didn't matter. If you didn't do those then you lost. And if you did, if there wasn't someone who was explicitly like, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to do those, you'd lose. And everyone thought, right. oh, this yeah. is too hard. Yeah, like my free company at the time, when I was on another server, we had a countdown of what we did when we did the cannons at a certain time. So all the mobs just died at one fucking shot. Right. Yeah. And and see, like, again, it, it, it was not that complicated of a concept. Maybe it took a couple of times for people to really understand and it was pretty key that you engaged the dragon killers. But then after the nerf, it was like, eh, do whatever you want. Just kill it. Do what Estinian right. came in and was like, eh, do whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't really matter. We're going to kill this thing at the end anyway. There was oh, yeah, another thing, too, about Estinian. I was pissed he didn't die. 
he should have died. Right. Straight up. He should have died. And like, even though we all wanted it and we're like actually kind of expecting it, I feel like it still would have hit us in the feels in yes. all the right ways. And we still probably, a lot of us would have cried, even yes. though we kind of were hoping and thinking it would happen. It's It was uh, like man, exactly what we needed back. for that story. It wasn't a, it wasn't a subverted expectation. The way it's that not they, like we wanted him to die because we hated him. Right. <laughs> Right. We well, really needed that. And, and it wasn't necessarily a foregone conclusion. And and in that, like, you can... Uh, d- d- listen, setting a character death up in a narrative is something that happens a lot. You know, like, very rarely outside of something like maybe Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> like, do you... is Does, like, a character death happen and you're just like, oh, shit! Like, I didn't... That came out of nowhere. Fuck! Like... Like Game of Thrones is really good about about the way that it subverts expectations with its audience and and puts a character death out there. But most of the time, those beats are written into a narrative to or go even foreshadowed in some way. Yes. Even if you don't and, see it until afterwards. And and then subsequently executed with a good narrative punch. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if Square Enix was trying to subvert their audience expectations going, nah, let's not kill him because too many people are going to see it coming. Or if they decided, man, Estinian's too much of a face character. We too many people to like him. him. We have to keep him around. See, yeah. that's that's why I was hoping they would kill Emmerich because he was a face character and he'd be a complete blow and a shock at the same time. Oh, if Emmerich would have had to sacrifice himself to kill Estinian. Yes, I, that would have been amazing. And I mean, there was even a little bit of setup in that direction, too. There was something there was there was a setup to say that there was more to Emmerich and Estinian's relationship than we were led into believe. <laughs> and then just reading it on its face, like looking at it and reading it on its face when it's presented to you like. It really just kind of wraps up in this like happy like and everyone's okay. Hey, look at that! I used to be a dragon. Hey, you know well, what I mean? Thing I noticed too, like with story, and they're like, "Well, this guy's gonna die," but I was like getting sidelined, be like, "How do you die that way?" You know? Man, I I just there's so many. I think that I think that they made a mistake with with what they did with Estinian and Heaven's Words. So Right. And then the whole thing when when Alpha Nod was crying at the end, I was like, come on, dude, grow a pair of testicles, man up. <laughs> like after all you've been through, drop, seriously. Drop your balls, come on, man. Yeah. Just be a little bit more you've got you've got several people killed and you didn't react like that. Come on. The guilt's was, not that bad. Yeah. He was like a brother to me. Come on now. Anyway, uh, thanks for the call, uh, Toki. Right. We appreciate it. Uh, do you have any shout-outs that you want to give? Uh, just to my free company. You guys are awesome, and I like hanging out with you. Uh, awesome. All right, Toki, thanks for the call. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, you shouldn't be anxious to call the show. You got through it. It was a good call, too. You made a lot of really good points, and we didn't even make fun of you that much. I called him an idiot. Well, I mean, I said that much. Okay. So, uh, anyway, if you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord, if you want to join in. Uh, just a little bit, like about, uh, I don't know, less than 10 minutes left in the show, mm-hmm. uh, and we're almost through the end of this yep, list. Two but, more. And but, this next one isn't going to be long either. But just on the Ozma point, you're right. Like, that, that was something that was, like, set up for a while and and the way that they ended up putting that in the fact that it was a reference uh you know back to ff9 all of those things really just worked 
to and and also the design of the fight being really really satisfactory too, and the fact you know what they fucking never nerfed Ozma. Never nerfed Ozma. No, nope. mm. come on. Way to stick to your balls. And and so, Get like, honestly, like that's confusing to me because Ozma was legitimately a pretty challenging fight, mm-hmm. and all of nobody the, knew how to place those meteor things. Not for a while, but you know what? We fucking learned. Got good. Everyone knows now, Got right? Good. It, it's it's pretty. It's pretty like. Like the DPS that you could put out now because we've got better gear, like it kind of compensates for that for some people not knowing. And I mean, that's the way that it's supposed to be done over time. I can't I, 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 I not to go back to the fucking steps of faith thing again, but I still can't believe that they would nerf something like that. And I think it's really only because it was in the MSQ and it was attached yeah. to the MSQ that it got that treatment. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Sorry, like. Ask your community to rise to the challenge. Or or even give them a little bit more incentive. Add another like 50 tombstones to it or something. Hell, put a fucking item in. I mean, there was no gear that dropped out of that. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. Of, that was a lot of work for very little tones and literally no gear. Yeah, put a little pet. Ver- well, well, who was the dragon? Who was that? Vishap. Vishap. Yeah, put a little Vishap minion. Someone gonna win a Vin- Vishap minion at the end of it. People have fucking done it then. Stuck oh, it out. A house, uh, a, a housing item like uh, Vishap's head on a oh, on a plaque. That'd have been kind of kind of like the Ifrit head. Yeah, that'd yeah, it would have been great. Yeah, come on, Square Enix, mm-hmm. we're doing your job for you. Okay, it'll be As one usual. and a half years in development. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list. That's now, so mean. Now, now this didn't happen in the game, but I think th- th- this is something that surprised everyone, and really everyone loves Soaking anyway. But when Soaking got to accept the Guinness World Record for most songs in was it in an MM. Or just in a game period. I know it said it was in a game. In a, in a video game. In a video period. game period. Yeah. 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 Game Soakin period, is fucking baller. That's why. Soakin's amazing. Yeah. And, and it, an, most original songs in a game. Is there. That's what. It there was. it is. Most yeah. most original composition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not so, to mention, like, what was a hundred and forty, sixty, eighty something. I thought it was, it was like more than three hundred. Okay. It was like in the three hundred. Right. Yeah. So like, out of all the crap that we give, like Square Enix for, like. Final Fantasy XIV, Soken is exempt from that. Soken does his fucking job. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And the music, the thing is, is that I don't think that there's many duds among them. I mean, granted, look, he he did end up reusing the Heaven's Word melody a couple of times throughout a couple of different tracks a lot in Heaven's Word. But overall, overall, most of the tracks are pretty distinct from each other. All of them are really good. Yep, yep. All credit to him. And and this last moment, which, which honestly, even though this is in no particular order, this is my number one moment because I can show this to literally anybody, whether they're a gamer, a fan of the series, anybody, and I always get the oh shit, I should play that game from them. You're like, no, you shouldn't. And that and that is the opening cutscene with Susan's answers over the top of it yeah. of Bahamut's destruction. Yeah. What do you mean the end? The ending of it was the ending of one point. The ending of one point oh. Yeah. Yeah. End of an era is is, yep. is what that is uh, that referred cut to. That cutscene and song put yeah. together always, even right now with with as disenfranchised as I am with the game, it always gives you oh. the back tingles. <laughs> Gives me the everything tingles. Again, the AMSR. I, well, I I think it's I think it's anymore what that stood for. Mm. I mean, Square Enix was going back to the drawing board and saying, "All right, we're going to fix this. We're we know it's we know it's a problem. We're going to fix this," and making a promise to its fans and doing something that was totally unexpected and very very daring. And I 
I just I want to see the that type of decision making continue. I want to be, continue to be as impressed with this game as I was when I saw the end of an era cinematic. And I, I I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to say I'm permanently let down because I think that, you know, an MMO is a unique creature. And the reason oh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the reason that we don't stop doing the show and that we don't tap out on on Limit Break Radio is not just because we make money from it. You fucking haters. But. The real reason that we keep doing the show is that all of this shit could turn around in a patch. All of this disengagement, all of this, you know, cynicism uh, can can really be turned around in a hurry because of the nature of a ever shifting game of an MMO and a, a, of an online game. I think that's what keeps us here. It's not necessarily Yoshi P, although I do think that Yoshi P is a talented human being and I do want him to keep being the lead producer on, on this game. It's not Yoshi P that keeps us here. It's not even necessarily our fan base because we've shown all throughout this episode that we can have open contempt for you and you're not going to go anywhere, (laughs) you fucking sycophants. And then it's not, you know, it's not just, you know, making money off this show, although that's nice. Juxta, what are we up to today in in PayPal? How much monies? Yeah. You mean you don't have that open? You're not over there jerking You're off to jerking it? You're not jerking it yet? I have paid off. There's not a total there. There's not two minutes. There's two minutes left in this show. $117.08. It's not just the $117.08 that you guys have given us. To it's yell, also 5,900 bits. To yell to yell back at us throughout the show. No, it's, in it's te- back, it is the bits. In, in, in text-to-speech or any of the subscriptions. Like, honest, honestly, like, real, real honestly here um it is the fact that look ff14 is a game that we've all loved and that we've loved since its inception and mm-hmm. around reborn i'm sp- yeah okay but I'm, I'm i'm speaking for myself but okay. it's a world that we've all loved you know uh for a very long time and that for as much disinvestment and for as much cynicism as we may present and maybe the community may have that a lot of the reason that people end up holding on to their subscriptions holding on to this game and not really being able to let go is because it can all change within a patch is it going to probably not we have to reset our expectations i think a little bit as a fan base to go what's reasonable for the dev team to really accomplish but at the same time i think the dev team is also a little bit complacent in their structure hate us more spank us for being bad see chili gets it um but you know i i think that square enix has a really big challenge in front of them to be able to hold on to their player base uh because i think that's that is the name of the game here expansion is not really in your wheelhouse at this point at this deep into the game you need to quit you need to quit losing players you need to quit losing long-term invested players and and square enix you need to go back and and look at the way that that you're structuring your incentives to be to to be sure that we don't get complacent your structure has gotten complacent Mm. which has made us (laughs) complacent oh yeah so maybe that's you know you can have a similar structure but shake shake a couple of things up there's definitely going to need to be some bigger shakeups than just adding ui elements on top of ui elements and uh, you know it's going to require more than moving a couple of of abilities around there's going to need to be a lot of thought put into the way that you reward 
players and your player base and the way that you listen to feedback. And, I, you know, I don't I don't care if you listen to this show anymore. I don't care if my opinion holds weight with you guys anymore. Um, but this is a game that means a lot to all of us in this room and Nika included uh, and and listening to this show right now. And none of us want to be right about this shit for all of the cynicism. None of us want to be right about it. All of us want to be proven wrong. All of the negative, cynical shit, all ever at every single turn, Square Enix, you have the ability with every update, you have the ability to turn it around. And you have the ability to prove us wrong, to prove our cynicism unfounded. You've done it a couple of times. And I know that you can do it again. And I hope that that's what you'll do for Stormblood. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. I want to thank everyone for listening right now. Uh, all uh, 250. Yeah, 250 of you. Wow, that was right on the nose. That was weird. Anyway, uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in today. We appreciate it. LimitBreakRadio.com is where you can find. Oh, have fun post editing these donations. Ha, he doesn't edit them anymore, dick. That's right. Penis monger. They're all recorded. I don't have to edit them. They'll be right there. My work is done. Suck it, bitch. Anyway, uh, no, thank you guys for uh, listening today. For all of your donations, we do appreciate the support. You guys do allow us to do some really cool stuff, like what we're doing with Checkpoint Radio. Checkpointradio.com. Check out uh, the first of Checkpoint On Demand segments coming out tonight. It'll also be pushed through all of our feeds, so uh, you'll get something to listen to tonight. Make sure you vote on the matchups that's over on Checkpointradio.com. And uh, please, uh, you know, be an active part of where we're going to be taking this uh, in the future. Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio is how you ensure that this show and the content that we're already making stays funded. And I again, I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my cold dead heart that uh for doing what you guys have done for us to provide us a foundation to uh strike at something larger and to actually um you know this is this is uh, i i've said before you know when around the time that i got fired you know i was going to make some major plays on behalf of this brand uh, on behalf of this audience that we've spent 10 years building um to make this my career to make not just radio because radio has always sort of been my you know career trajectory but this that you know doing video game broadcasting Come on, yoshi grab her by the pussy and make ff14 great again there you go thanks thor um but uh to you know to to uh really have the ability to grow and expand this product specifically what we do here with limit break radio and final encounter cast and checkpoint uh to be able to devote more time to that so again i really do have to thank you guys for all of your support and for allowing us the ability to pursue what is really this is a dream it's a dream come true to be writing basically your own check for your content that you're producing for actual radio like that's crazy like we're producing i'm not having to produce at a a morning show at a a country radio station do you realize how real that is like like that's a real thing that people who hate country have to do like like if you work in radio you have to make a lot of those concessions you have to make content for stuff that you don't care about and we get the privilege of opening a mic up for two hours every week and getting to talk about video games on the radio. That is an incredible privilege that you guys have allowed us to pursue. 
So thank you. We really do appreciate it. All right. That's going to be it for Limit Break Radio. Guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in this week. LimitBreakRadio.com to subscribe to the podcast. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Hit the follow button if this is your first time hanging out. If it's not, hit the sub button because we want more money from you. Money, 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 money. Anyway, guys, no, seriously, thank you guys so much, even for the trolls, for all of the fun, for all of the bullshit, and for allowing me to yell at you. I like to have somebody to yell at each week. I want to thank my crew, Kooky Persona, who has been running our phone lines as well as executive producing, as well as my crew. Juxtaposition. <laughs> I forgot all of your names. <laughs> Juxtaposition, Kyle Landis, Scully Rumasi, when he does that here, uh, Nika Kayanian. I'm Aniro. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Aniro the Troll Crusher Grigori, Kahlo Landis, Juxtaposition, and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Satori Komeji, Dark Flux, Null Packet, Share a Heart Slot, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by The Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by The Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.